John Jones won't fight in Ghanu. Not for money, but cause he don't want to. With the fire selections and the fire reflections, this is fighting with myself. Oh, 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 fighting with myself. Oh, 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 yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the Fighting With Myself podcast, a podcast for the quarantine MMA fan hosted by a quarantined man. And I am that man. My name is Juice, and that is the last week I will be able to use that uh, intro in terms of saying quarantined man because I'm going back to work, baby. And as much as that scares me, I know I have to. And um, yeah, that's it. I got the call uh, earlier this week from uh, my boss saying, do you want to come back to work on Tuesday? I said yes. And um, I'm fucking terrified, to be honest with you. But that's a, a story for another podcast. Um, we actually don't have any uh, fights to recap, as you know, because we had two fight cards last week. And I should have spread them out, but I didn't. And here we are. But we do have some fights to uh, break down at the end of this uh, episode. Um, real quickly, I wanted to get into some news before uh, we jump into the forum and just sort of talk about uh, my life a little bit, I guess. Um, Tyron Woodley is fighting Gilbert Burns as the headliner for the May 30th uh, Fight Night card. And uh, they've now released the full card, which I'm going to uh, break down later. Um, there are some fun fights on the prelims that I, I wasn't going to break down. So let me just talk about those. Um, Kalen Chukagin versus Antonina Shevchenko is a, is an awesome fight, uh, especially for the, uh, um, women's flyweight division. It's weird because right now Chukagin is ranked number two and Shevchenko is number 12. And so Kalen obviously just fought, uh, her sister Valentina for the title, not Kalen's sister, but Antonina's sister. And that's sort of why this fight makes sense. But it's it's also weird because if Antonina beats her, which is a strong possibility, um, she'll probably take over her rank. Like, that's usually how the rankings work. And then she would basically be in line for a title shot. And that's a weird... Like, I don't know if they've ever spoken about that. I, I, th I think they said they wouldn't. Uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong. If you can cite, like, a specific interview, maybe link it or something. But uh, I, I don't think they would fight each other. Um but they also seem like kind of like, yeah, why not? But I, I would cause so much tension, dude. Like, first of all, Val Valentina has talked about Antonina being her number one training partner. Like they, she's like, she can uh, switch southpaw. She can do orthodox. She can do any style. She can do takedown, which is actually not true. Um, so they, they train together a lot, apparently. And um, yeah, it, it's just it's just weird because I would favor Valentina heavily in that fight. Uh, but you know, this is MMA and anything could happen. And either way, I feel like it would cause a rift. Like if Antonia loses, it's going to be hard for her to help her prepare for, uh, fights in the future. I would imagine. And if she wins, they're going to do a, the immediate rematch. And how are they going to prepare? Like, that's just so wild to me to think about literally doing like a lot of people have have wanted to see like Nick versus Nate Diaz which is you're actually crazy if you want to see that. I mean I get it would be a banger but you don't want to see two brothers fighting each other dude like what the fuck? And I don't want to see two sisters fighting each other either. It's weird. Um like if I got the call right now to fight my brother, even if it's for a ton of money, I'm not doing it unless unless some fucking drama happens and I found out that he they asked him first and he already accepted. 
But I can also see that being a ploy, being like, well, like them lying about him saying like, well, he already accepted. So, um, that's, that's just fucking, I don't know, shady to think about, but, uh, I don't know. Stylistically, it's a fun fight. They're both kind of counter strikers. So it could be a really boring fight, but, uh, I, I, I see Antonina maybe pushing the pace a little bit. I hope at least bringing the fight to her because we certainly don't want to see another, uh, a repeat of that Chukagian Shevchenko fight that we just saw. I mean, that would be, that would be terrible, but this has the potential to be a really good fight and I am excited for it. And I, I, I wonder where Shevchenko is training because I think her sister trains out of Houston. I guess they train together. So I guess they don't need fight Island. Which, that's a whole nother topic. Like the closer we get to June, and Dana was like, "Yeah, Fight Island will be will be ready by June." The more I'm skeptical about Fight Island, but also like the more I'm thinking it might be real because they're like making Fight Island shirts, and there's a ton of international fighters who seem to be in camp, and it's so weird. Like, so so on the one hand, he said, he being Dana, Dana said that uh, they would have Fight Island ready by June. And then I just read another report where he's like, oh, yeah, Fight Island's happening. I'm probably going to spend all of July there. So if it's happening in June, but you're going to spend all of July there. Hey, Dan, why? Got a quick question. What you doing? Hey, man. What you doing? And here's the thing about Fight Island. Let me just diatribe a little bit, if if you don't mind. I, 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 I suppose that's why some people watch this show. And by watch, I mean listen, and I always make that mistake, and I have since my first podcast, Mixed Martial Opinions, and that's not going to stop, dude. Anyway, uh, Fight Island, If here's the thing. I would feel a lot better about it if they tested everyone out the wazoo like they're doing with the Florida one, but then everyone stayed there. For like the duration, like if they're and obviously like they have to be with their families, like maybe move their families there. Like Randy Brown talked about this on an interview he did with MMA Digest, I think, or at least MMA Digest uses that clip. I assume they do those interviews, but I don't ever know because you don't ever hear them. It's kind of weird. Shouts to MMA Digest, but also like, are you, are you poaching other people's content? Like I want to know. Uh, I don't think they are, but I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, he said that he would want to move there and live there for like three months or whatever and do his camp there and be with his family there as well. And I'm like. That's the way to do it. Like, if they're really talking about doing this island and that they have the infrastructure and that they have a hotel and everything, move everyone there and stay there throughout the quarantine. Like, if you're so insistent upon the need for sports, the need for, for the UFC to put on fights, make sure everyone stays. Like, and, and I get it's going to be weird, like, if people get hospitalized and they injuries. Like, maybe they leave then and, and then they, like, if you, if you lose and you don't want to fight anymore, like, that's fine. Or if you're not medically clear, like if you get a medical suspension or whatever, then you have to leave. Like that, that I get. But I also think like it would be better if if they tested everyone and um, isolated them until the results were found, and then just sort of like kept everyone there to be able to have multiple fights, and then almost do like make a series out of it. Like people are talking about that would be a good way to to relaunch the Ultimate Fighter, and I agree. But I also think it'd be a great way to to do fights with your current roster. Like ultimate fighter is meant to be about, you know, bringing a new town in the, in the, into the UFC. And that's great. But also fight Island would be just a great vehicle for making another ultimate fighter or another series like that. You could literally call it fight Island. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just have uh, a lot of thoughts about it that I think are not like probably possible, but also like 
not talked about. Like, Dana White should be doing a fucking whole scrum about Fight Island. He's keeping everything under wraps, and probably that's because he doesn't want to get shut down, and, and that's fine. But if, if, you, if you're doing that because of that reason, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. You get what I'm saying? I don't know. It's weird. But hey, Fight Island is a thing, I guess. Maybe. Who knows? I kind of want to be the guy who's like, it ain't real until it is real. If it is, because I feel like if we keep believing in it and then it's not ever going to happen, everyone's going to feel duped. But I also don't want to be an asshole if it is real. Like, I don't want to keep saying like, nah, it's a conspiracy. Fight Island is fake. You guys are all sheep. Like, I don't want to say that if it turns out it is real. I'm just saying. Look into it. <laughs> but you can't. That's the whole point. Shit is wild. It's the wild, wild west. We're literally regressing our sport. I mean, literally. Bodog did a fight island. I mean, it wasn't like the same concept, really, but they had fights on an island. Similar concept, actually. Because I think they trained there for a little bit, Eddie Alvarez was saying. I don't know. Look up the Eddie Alvarez tweet. If you search Eddie... What is it? EA fight or E Alvarez fight? If you search his handle and then type in fight island, you'll find the tweet. He tweeted about it a long time ago. So anyway, that's Caitlin Chukagan versus Engineer Shevchenko in a nutshell uh, and a diatribe about fight island that you didn't ask for. So thank you for that. Uh, but another fight on the prelims I'm really excited about. Uh, cited for. I said excited about and excited for in the same sentence and it kind of made its own word. I'm excited about Billy Gorntillo. I always, I always um, rag people for their pronunciation, but I've, I've literally heard him say his own name is Quarantillo, I think. So I'm hesitant to say Quarantillo because that might be just the anglicized pronunciation. I'm, I'm very particular about name pronunciations, as you know. But is it Quarantillo? He's on a Quarantino. <laughs> that was such a lame joke. <laughs> anyway, uh, shout out to, uh, I believe it was uh, MMA Gods who posted like the fight card where I didn't realize it was, it was fully out yet. And I saw that this was on here because he highlighted it in the tweet. Spike Carlisle, the alpha ginger, is already getting back in the octagon fighting Billy Quarantillo. And I'm fucking stoked about it, dude. He's thinking I've liked Billy Quarantillo since the Ultimate Fighter. And uh, his uh, UFC debut was nuts. Super excited about this guy. But I was also excited about Spike Carlisle from his debut. Especially when he was like, I'll put a 187 on the 666. Even though that was fucking like almost Bible thumping in a way, but it was in a badass way. Like it reminded me of that song. <laughs> I forget what it's called. I think it's far, far away. Um, there's this uh, sketch group that I used to really love. And I don't know if it's fair to call them a sketch group. I don't know what you would call them though, but they make like basically sketches online. Um, but it's like a, it's like two man group. They usually only do two people in their videos themselves. Um, it's Britannic is the name. If you haven't uh, heard of them, look them up. It's B-R-I-T-A-N-I-C-K. I highly recommend their stuff. It's amazing. And um, they, um, at the end of their videos, as almost like a punchline, this, the song kind of became like a part of the joke. The chorus of that song, Far, Far Away, that I'm talking about, it's like, Can you hear the bells are ringing far, far away? And that doesn't sound badass, but if you listen to that song, the verses are badass. But it's a, it's like a Christian rock song, but it's like, As I walk into the valley. Da, da, da. Like, I don't know, it, was, it kind of reminded me of like that. Like, he should walk out to that song. Serious. But it's also a nudist. God, I love the Alpha Ginger, bro. Dude, I think I just made my pick already. 
Uh, but we're going to get into that later. Actually, we're not because I'm only giving my picks for the main card. Yeah, I'm running with fucking Spike Carlisle on this one. Don't give a fuck. Um, also, um, I guess I'm going to go with uh, Antonia Shevchenko, even though I fucking don't want her to win. I just think she will. But that kind of goes against my brand. You know what? Fuck that. Back with Kaylin Shkagan, um on GP. Got to do it. She's uh, she's from Philly, trains in uh, Long Island, and uh, also trains in New Jersey. I got to do it. That's that's it. Um, Tim Elliott against Brandon Royval. Definitely going with Tim Elliott on that one. Also, Jamahal Hill versus Klitsen Abreu. Absolutely Jamahal Hill. And then uh, Chris Gutierrez versus Vince Morales. Got to go with Chris on that. Oh, and I forgot, Luis Smolka uh, against Casey Kenny. Absolutely have to go with Luis. Um, at first, I thought his, his nickname, The Last Samurai, was, like, kind of lame, if I'm honest. Like, don't put duh. Like, just write T-H-E. Um, but I like The Last Samurai part of it. So, and I like his story about having to, like, be sober to be a better fighter and going up a weight class. I fucking love Luis Smolka. He's also Hawaiian. I fucking love Hawaiians. I feel like I'm Hawaiian sometimes. I said that last episode and I, or two episodes ago maybe, and uh, no one talked about it, but they should have. And that's it, dude. Chris Gutierrez to, to take Vince Morales, Luis Mocha to be Casey Kenny, Tim Elliott to be Brendan Royval, Jamal Hill to be Clinton Abreu, Spike Carlisle to be Billy Quarantillo or Quarantillo, we're not sure, and Anthony, no, Caitlin Jukagan to be Anthony Shevchenko. See, I did it again. Fucking tried to trick me. It's like those people that picked, and I, and I, I might have been one of them. I'm not sure. So this is not a, a dig, but the people that picked Habib's cousin in that in that random fight against that German guy, and then got submitted, and everyone was like, "I told you, he's not Habib. He's the lesser Nurmagomedov. Madoff." Or fucking, I think Labi had a great joke about David Taymor and his brother. They think they call, I think they call him Tayless. <laughs> Instead of Tim Moore, the little brother, what is his David? I think Daniel's the the one that fights at lightweight. That's better. You know what? I'm, I'm including too many references and shoutouts already. This is already like the quintessential FWM, uh, you know, opening of a podcast. So I feel like I've reached my peak. I should just leave now. Anyways, see you guys later. Nope, just kidding. Because we got more to talk about. We got more news. My girl. Roxanne Mataferi, the happy warrior, is fighting Laura Murphy June 20th. Can't wait, dude. My wife got me her book for our anniversary, and I'm fucking loving it. I was going to talk about that later, but I might as well talk about it now. Um, yeah, because uh, there's a question about how my anniversary went, which I thought was really thoughtful that I, I was going to answer. You know, I'm still going to save that for then. Uh, but uh, you guys should get Roxanne's book, uh, How to Be Positive, Mental Training by the Happy Warrior. It is so fucking good. It's it's almost like it's a workbook as well. Like there's different chapters, and each one is like a lesson. And the chapters are short, um, so it's not like that. But because because it goes with like a quote from usually her mom. Her mom is so fucking smart, you guys. Like you don't even know. And uh, she always relates it to a personal experience from her own life. And then there's like exercises kind of to like how you can apply them in your life. It's so good. Like it's it's needed. Like I feel like a lot of them in Twitter needs it, but they're assholes and won't buy it because they are uh hiding behind a fake abby and so lame anyway so excited for roxanne to fight lauren murphy um it's the fight to make i said after uh lauren won that that was going to be the one I, th I think i i said before like the winner of that fight anyway um because she already won over kgb she was going to fight um 
you know, Lauren Murphy was fighting KGB. That's the fight I was saying. So this is the fight to make. Actually, Lauren Murphy was on the A-side live chat, and they asked about it, and or or maybe it was Roxanne. Well, I mean, they were both were, but I also thought it was Roxanne. But they said that they were on the live chat, um, or they were on the live chat, rather, with the A-side uh, from my fighting. You guys should check that out. And they said that, yeah, we talked about fighting each other, and we're like, yeah, we're down. But, you know, it's kind of like, when do you even make matchups at this point? Like, they were both kind of you know, in limbo because of the quarantine. So super excited for her. Obviously, I'm going with Roxanne. Like, don't even at me about that. Uh, anyone picking Lauren Murphy is getting blocked on GP. Just kidding. I also like Lauren, but seriously, don't at me. And by the way, dude, like I had a tweet. This is like a, a tangent that you didn't ask for, but you're welcome. Uh, I had a tweet a while ago that was like, oh, I think it was after the Gaethje. I think I, think, I, think I said Gaethje beats Habib. Don't at me. And this motherfucker was like anyone that says don't at me is is begging for attention or looking for attention i was like you know what dude fuck you and i say that with kindness because i'm trying to be more kind because because of roxanne's book but fuck you the guy which i'm not going to call out because he's a otherwise a cool guy but no fuck that he's not <laughs> this is already such a crazy episode um and last but not least as far as matchups go Jessica I versus Cynthia Calvillo. And I have to give a shout out to I mean I saw I saw this um update on ESPN and I wrote wrote it down for the show uh to come their head apparently they're headlining that card on June thirteenth. Like what? Are you uh, excuse me? Excuse me? UFC, you got some explaining to do, and that is a Lucy Ball or uh Lucille Ball I love Lucy reference. It's not racism, so look it up. Anyways, that is I have to give a shout out to um, Pixie to Derek Lewis's Hot Balls. She made a tweet that was like, "If <laughs> if 2020 was a UFC main event, Jessica versus Cynthia Covio, fuck yeah!" And also, Mick had a great tweet about it. I gotta fucking, I gotta fucking remember that tweet. I guess I'll just look it up while we're um, while we're talking because I can do that. This is a live show, and. Um, Mix the man. You guys, first of all, go follow Mix the man. He's great. Uh, he's probably funnier than you. Uh, if you're, oh, he said this is funny. He had, by the way, a picture of both I and Calvillo where they're both kind of like pointing, but in like the inverse direction. So it looks like they're pointing at each other, kind of weird. And um, he says, no matter if you like Trump or hate Trump, you have to admit, I versus Calvillo is a weird main event. Such a misdirect. Not even having to do anything with the actual initial question. But shout out to Mick funny ass dude and that basically is the intro in a nutshell like i said so um that was all the matchups and stuff i wanted to talk about um i did want to end on on somewhat of a positive note uh with with saying i mentioned at the top i'm going back to work and i said that i'm nervous about it because i i think i've mentioned on here before um i think people things are opening up too soon and I think um, people aren't taking the proper precautions, and I'm worried about this whole pandemic. But I also do think, you know, the economy needs to open up or it will collapse. And so in that regard, I'm like, I'm glad I'm kind of doing my part um, by going back to work, even though, you know, the the, the real thing that's going to make the, the economy be saved is small businesses. And a lot of small businesses are closing down, which is sad. So, and I don't work for a small business. Um 
and I won't say who I work for, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not so sure about this. But my uh, position uh, doesn't require contact with humans, so I'm also good, which actually kind of makes me a little bit annoyed because I could have been working from home this whole time and I wasn't, and I, I could still do that. Like they, they said that at one point it would be possible, but they never really extended that, that sort of baton to, to, to do. And so, yeah, that's how I feel about work right now. Um, yeah, uh, I'm happy about that. And I'm happy about, uh, my anniversary. So shout out to my wife. Um, we had the best anniversary and I, you know, you imagine what your first anniversary is going to be like, you know, when you get married and, um, and you imagine doing wonderful things and, and going places and, and things like that. And then you're in, you're in quarantine during your anniversary and you can't have any of those things. But it hit me at the end of the day, and I, and I didn't, I wasn't like bummed before that because I, I knew it, just, it is what it is. Um, but it hit me at the end of the day. I was like, it doesn't matter any of that. Like as long as you're with, you know, your spouse or whomever, you know, the, the one you want to be with, at the end of the day, whatever happened was the perfect anniversary. That was what it was meant to be. So I think we had a great time, and I'll, I'm going to expand on that in the forum because someone asked about it. So. Wrapping up here, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into the forum. We are back. The forum is live, and I'm high, dude. As my wife would say the one time she jumped on here, uh, I'm a stoned puppy. And that's the right way to the forum. That's right. The people have spoken, and they think high juice is better at the forum than stoned uh did I just say high is better than stone? Bro! Uh, anyway, you know what I meant to say, so I'm not even going to correct it because you know what I meant to say. And uh, that's not to say that every forum will be then stone from now on, even though that's the way it would work if I lived in a state where cannabis was legal. Uh, it just can't happen right now all the time, but I like when it can happen. So without further ado, let me start these voice questions. And you know what? I, I just got to say... Like, whenever someone sends me a voice message, it really warms my heart. Like, the extra time it takes, the extra steps that you have to go through beforehand. And it's just it's just thoughtful. And it adds a better element to the show because you get to hear their voice and hear their inflection. And uh, can usually do a longer question than can be found in, like, a you know 240-character tweet or whatever the limit is. Um, so I love it. And, uh, oh, the other thing I was going to say is, like, I was talking about this with someone, and I was saying how, like, um, my demographic, like, like I actually know the numbers from Spotify is like 87% dudes or 82%. Like it's, it's very male dominant, just like the fucking 1950s. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I mean, obviously I, that it was true, but I don't, I'm not like a, uh, anyways, <laughs> we need to get more women in the forum. And I, and I say that with love. And, and I, what I mean by that is the voice forum. Like we've had Laura, We've had Ashley MMA nerd. We've had Wheelands. She was the first, you know, historic, you know, herstory. She made herstory. And then the same episode, Ashley was on. So they, technically, they both made herstory. I just, it, chronologically, the Wheelands one came first, like by an hour, probably. Uh, so they made herstory. And then Laura has sent a bunch because she's awesome. And then um, uh, Pixie recently, but I generally, oh, and when Jimmy the Drunk uh, would send him it, uh, I think it's his girl. Um, unless Jimmy the Drunk is an account run by, that chick and that the person i've been chatting with this whole time is not jimmy the drunk but i think you know what anyway uh 
we need more women in the forum as well. I was trying to say, like, we need this. This can't just be a sausage fest. These forums, you know, we need like more female input. And I say that, you know, uh, for, from someone who has, who has a deep respect for for women and what they have to say. And it's just it's lacking in the forum. Like when uh, the MMA assault had that question where he was like thinking about Kim Winslow, not like that. And then talked about female refs. I wish a fucking female was with me. Like, um, to, to, I mean, obviously my wife was there, but she doesn't follow MMA as closely enough to know about female refs. Um, I, I wish I had like fucking Chelsea Delilah there just to be like, well, excuse me for a second. And then talk about, um, that was just my joke, by the way. They don't say excuse me. I don't think. Anyways, they're great. You should listen to the TKO podcast. Um, wow, we're three minutes into the form. I have not even played the first question this is fucking strap in babies this is gonna be a long ride and i mean that from the bottom of my heart and i probably have said i mean that 10 times just in this segment alone but you're gonna hear it more Choose a baby the boy gangus i start off by saying i hope you and mrs fight with myself had an awesome anniversary question this week is uh what'd you do what'd you guys do for your anniversary what'd you get her what'd she get you you know give your boy a little bit of insight give me some tips just in case you know i bump my fucking head or get drunk enough to give some crazy chick half my money and everything else i have because you know damn well let's keep it real the girl marries me she's batshit crazy the life i live the fact that she always gonna be second third or fourth as far as important to me Depending on how many dogs I got, you know. So, you know, help your boy out. Pump me up. Crazy shit's happened. One love. Oh, my God. That was one of the best fucking voice submissions in the history of this show. I love that Genghis used to start his um, submission being like, What it look like if I want myself? It's your boy, Genghis. And now it's, What up, Juicy Baby? Definitely the new one is the goat um i'm loving it and dude i talked about this in the in the opening segment a little bit it was honestly like a perfect anniversary because it was how it was meant to be and it was it was not like um you know anything that was spectacular but it was just a, we had a good time together during the quarantine uh we got takeout from our favorite uh restaurant to to go out if we want like a nice meal and when I say that, keep in mind, we're fucking poor. So don't, when I say this, don't be like, that's in a mall, which is actually the what Kate said the first time I ever mentioned this restaurant and she had never been there. Um, but uh, we got to go to the Cheesecake Factory. And again, like there's plenty of other like nicer places that are considered like whatever, five-star restaurants or whatever bullshit. Um, but uh, Cheesecake Factory, even though it's basically like expensive Applebee's, like, you know what I mean? Um, like it's kind of bar food sometimes. It's also just like a classy joint and, um, wow, that sounds really lame. But anyway, we got, uh, uh, fucking Cheesecake Factory and it was bomb. Even though they always, I get the fucking, I get this salad called the wellness salad, which is, uh, literally, and I'm pretty sure I can name all the ingredients off the top of my head. It's like kale, I think some spinach, um, but it's mostly kale. So it might be, it might be completely kale as far as the lettuce goes. Grapes, blueberries, uh, sunflower seeds, broccoli, onion, and avocado. I'm, I don't think I missed anything. And then it's topped with like a lemon blueberry vinaigrette, which is honestly like why I order it in the first place. 
I want that lemon blueberry vinaigrette. And when I tell you this bitch was bone dry, this bitch was bone dry. I open up the fucking thing. And whenever you place an order like uh, to go with them you, with a salad, you have the option of doing dressing on the side or mixed in. And now most people, when they order a salad, they're like, oh, I, I want this like to go. They want it on the side because then they can add their own amount and it won't like get soggy when it's being transported. But bro, you need that with the kale because it's fucking otherwise like too woody and, and just like eating, you're eating gross. Um, so I, I, I get it mixed in so that it saturates it. And so when I put mixed in, I expect it to be fucking mixed in. And I, I get to the, the salad and I'm eating like halfway through it. And I'm like, well, I figured out way before halfway. I'm just saying like I get halfway through it. I'm like, this motherfucker's bone dry. And I'm like, they didn't mix because it's like some bites were, were kind of ha- had a little bit of dressing on them. But n- definitely not enough. It was like every fourth bite would have a little bit of dressing. And then I get to the bottom. And yes, I tossed it a little bit. Obviously, you do that. And that was uh, initially why I did that. Um, because I noticed it was dry. It looked dry. I get to the bottom, and the fucking bottom is covered in the, dr- the dressing. And I'm like, how did that not get mixed up when I fucking did that? They fucked up so bad. I almost wanted to call and be like, hey, you guys suck. But I didn't, because I was happy it was my anniversary. And um, we watched uh, our show. We Well, we, did, we finished it already. Um... But we were watching the show uh, The Great that's on Hulu. I highly recommend it um, if you um, uh, have Hulu. It's with um, Nicholas. I want to say his name is Nicholas Holt. It's the guy that was in like originally in About a Boy and did that zombie movie and the f- stupid fucking Jack and the Beanstalk movie. Uh, uh, he's a good actor. And uh, Elle Fanning is the is the main chick. Um, what well, like because the show's about her. It's uh, The Great uh, Catherine the Great the empress of russia in the 17th century or in the 1700s whatever you make of that it might be 18th century i'm not sure and uh it's fucking good but it, but it's like historically inaccurate and they say that like the the asterisk when you open the show it says an occasionally true story like they they get the timeline wrong they bend the rules they add shit they they like um I don't know, they put way too much, well, not way too much, definitely not as much as, like, first season of Game of Thrones, but they put, like, way, a lot of fucking sex in there, which is great, actually, and that's one of the reasons I recommend it, no cap. But also, um, just because it was, like, a part of the story, like, he's like, okay, wife, I'm going to have sex with you now, and then, like, fucking has sex with her, like, so boring and doesn't even look at her, and, uh, but then he, then he fucks, like, his best friend's wife, and they, like, have nasty sex, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? But anyway, uh... Oh, I'm so fucking high. <laughs> um, it's a great show. I don't know why I was talking about that. The sec. Oh, so yeah. Um, the show is great. Me watching the show. I also, uh, at one point, got uh, got to read my book, which leads me to the next part. Of you said, "What did it, what did what did you get?" Um, and by the book, I meant um, not the one she got me, but um. What she got to me for me for Christmas. Um, I asked for for Christmas last year. I asked for the first three books of uh, Harry Potter in Spanish, and I so I just finished number one, La Piedra Filosofal, and I just started on La Cámara Secreta, and it's fucking good in Spanish. It's so good in Spanish. If you uh, even speak like a little bit of Spanish, I reckon, and, and you know the Harry Potter series very well. I recommend getting this these books because you can pick up on context, contextual clues and you can. Um, 
Google any words you don't know and and pick up the whole sentence and that way and because you know the story you'll come across a name or like a word you know that ties to that and you're like oh this is the part where they're fucking at the uh you know what I mean like I'm not gonna spoil anything <laughs> spoil everyone knows Harry Potter what the fuck am I talking about um the Quidditch is what I, what I meant to say but um uh Genghis probably hates Harry Potter he's like what the fuck are you talking about this shit um <laughs> Uh, the book she got me. So <laughs> the first anniversary is the paper anniversary. That's like what they say. It's like, if you look up, like, what are the, I don't know, anniversaries, that's probably, you're probably not going to find it that way, but someone will know what I'm talking about. Um, like the second anniversary, the cloth anniversary. Um, I think the 20th anniversary is like the picture. I don't know. Um, I have a list somewhere, but we, we got each other books, and I got my wife this book called Wild Interiors by Hilton Carter. It's kind of like an adult picture book. It's just like a bunch of, I mean, he writes about different places that he took photographs of, uh, but it's mostly just like a lot of photographs and like captions with little anecdotes or whatever. But it's like gorgeous scenery. Like the guy knows where to find like the best fucking scenery. And she got me How to Be Positive Mental Training by Roxanne Modafferi, The Happy Warrior. And I fucking love this book. And I wanted to read an excerpt from it because I think it's it's needed in the, well, not just the world, but MMA Twitter especially. And that's my fucking audience. Like I, sometimes I talk about things that are needed in the world. I'm like, the world doesn't listen to this. I mean, internationally, yes. I have like tons of listeners in Australia. You guys fucking rock. Uh, tons of New Zealand. You guys fucking rock as well. Even uh, Ireland, which I was not expecting. Like it took, Ireland took a while. I'm not going to lie. Like the first like 20 episodes, I think I had no Irish people listening. But I always had a ton of UK listeners. And that's that shit I do like. You guys already know I fucking love uh, England and everyone in the UK. Like, shout out to fucking you guys. Scotland as well. Um, anyways, this excerpt from the book. It's from chapter two, A Sliver of Moonlight. You can still see. Thinking of any little positive thing is helpful. Even a sliver of light coming in under your door can be visible and helpful in your otherwise pitch black bedroom. I want to stress that. The moon is not as bright as the sun, and a silver of a waning moon barely gives off any light at all, but it's enough to light your way home. You won't walk off a cliff blindly. I want you to practice finding one's positive point, no matter how small and pathetic it might seem. This is the chapter's this is this chapter's mental training. It's impossible for every everything in a situation to be negative. The only positive thing might be I'm still alive. Hey, if you had a near miss with another car on the highway, you'd better believe you'll be celebrating the fact that you're alive. The important thing is not the positive point itself. It's the ability to change your mind frame from negative to positive that helps. I lost my new diamond wedding ring. Well, at least I have a great spouse who loves me. And then she gives a personal example. Dude, it's such a good book and uh, everyone needs it. I know uh, my man Tevin, my photo, got this book a while ago and uh, I've been fucking... Actually, I, I told Roxy before I started recording, I told her a funny story. Um, when this book first came out, uh, I don't think I actually told part of the, this part of the story. That was my first introduction to her. Like, she went on to Ariel's show to, like, plug the book. And I was like, I was like, bro, anyone that fucking makes a book about how to be positive, like, I need that. And then she started talking about her, like, uh, storied, like, career in, ja in Japanese MMA. She was like, well, I would love a re rematch with Asakira. Da, da, da. Um, I probably am getting that name wrong, but it was, like, a Japanese name. And, uh, just like the, her sense of humor from that, I was like, I fucking need to know more about this person. And, uh, then obviously you guys know the rest of that story because I've told it on the podcast a couple different times. 
Um, and uh, and then once on the athletics post about your favorite fighter, and I fucking wrote a whole fucking novel, and no one, no, everyone wrote like two or three sentences, and I was like, you guys need the full story, and I felt so dumb. But um, I mean, not dumb, but just like lame, but not really lame. You know what? I didn't feel that at all. Fuck that. Um, anyways. I, I knew I wanted her book, and then like when we moved to New Jersey, I knew I needed it in my life because uh, it was like a trying time in my life. And I told my wife I wanted um, her book, and I didn't know that she had another one at the time. Um, or I think I, I think I may have known, but I was like, she'll know. Um, but she got me the other one, which is her memoir. And I, it was a happy surprise. It was a happy accident because a I was like, oh, she wrote another one. And no, that's right. I was, it was it was the surprise. Um, I didn't know before, and I was like. Oh, she wrote another book, and the memoir is so good, and that's what made me be a fan of her even more, from reading the memoir. And so I'm glad I had, I now have both um, of her books. Like the the cycle is complete. So everyone, go out and buy How to Be Positive Mental Training. Um, if you um, go to RoxanneMontaferry.net, her website, you can um, when you order it there, um, you can put your name and she'll sign it, and it's really cool. Like it's just it's really cool. So uh that's what we did on our anniversary i i got those books and we had an amazing meal and and i wrote like a sappy post about this on my instagram so if you follow me you saw it i know i know uh Genghis does but i don't know if you saw it um i was just like you know you think about what the your perfect anniversary is going to be because you know you're going to have so many right but the first one you'll never you don't get another first one i don't know by that logic like you don't get another second one you don't get another third but like your first is your first and you want it to be perfect and we had so many ideas not that we talked about them because, I mean, you start talking about your anniversary like two months prior and like that's when the fucking pandemic was already hitting. So we already knew what was, you know, going to go on. It was so up in the air. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I was like, this was the perfect anniversary because we were just we were together the whole time. We were chilling and we had like the perfect day, basically, of, of being in quarantine, you know, that you can have. So I loved it. It was it was great. Thank you, Genghis. What's up, Juicy Baby? Quick question. Who are your three favorite trash talkers, and what is your favorite line that they ever said? For me, it's Dominic Cruz when he said that, how is, how is Cody going to beat him because he bought a house beating up his teammates? When Conor McGregor said that Nate Diaz can only count to five, and then my number one favorite trash talker, Chael Sonnen. He's got a lot of them, but I think my favorite one that he ever said was when he... Th- said that the Nogara brothers thought that a bus was a horse. What's your opinion? Love the show. Thanks, buddy. My man, T-Cross. You guys got to go check out his show, Tea Time with T-Cross. Um, I did that last week, and it was a great episode. And um, he has just like a lot of great fight takes. Um, I say that because I was actually just like thinking about when I was listening back, um, and I was thinking this while we were recording, him and I pretty much have a lot of the same take on stuff. So it would be like, well, I think this. But, yep, yep, I agree. What about this? I think this. And I'm like, oh, yep, I agree. Um, but we, we had uh, more things to say than that. Um, but, yeah, go check out his podcast, Tea Time with T-Cross. It's the shit. 
And oh, I was gonna say the other thing I love about his podcast is that he rants about the world and like shames COVID deniers. And it's usually like some people in our area or whatever, because we live like like a few miles from each other. And he'll be like, "Oh, I have a friend on Facebook named this person, and they fucking said something so ignorant." <laughs> he just like reads them for filth. It's so good. But anyway, uh, such a great question. I love that he started out with the juicy baby. Um, but like I said, he, he lives in my area. We've met one time, a couple times actually at the bar. So. Um, that's cool question trash talking got it okay uh first of all these are in no particular order so um i'm going to talk about connor first but that's not that's not me necessarily saving uh somebody ranking them i'm just i'm saving my favorite for last um but uh Con connor's bet and, and this doesn't get talked about enough in my opinion like people um do the like oh, who the fuck is that guy and and all the other shit that he's he's said um but my favorite Connor line is, and this is like when I heard it, I first got chills a little bit and was like, yeah, but then I started laughing because it's so funny. So it just, it makes, it's like the perfect fucking, that's what you want in trash talk. You want to laugh at, 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 at them, but you also want to fucking be like, yeah, fuck that guy. It was the, 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 in the press tour, the world tour in his lead up to, um, the Aldo fight. And, um, the first time when it was supposed to be in July and that's relevant because for the quote, um, and he was like, uh, God, how does it fucking start? He's like, if this were a different time, I would invade his favela on horseback and kill everyone who was not fit to work. But we are in a new time. So I'm whoop his ass in July. And I was just like, fucking take that head. Like I was a full, full Connor fan at that point. And I was like, yeah. Uh, and those were his bet dude. Like that lead up to 189. And certainly to, to an extent, 194 was like peak Connor, in my opinion. Because after that, once he knocked out Aldo in 13 seconds, that fucking made, like, you peaked, bro. You peaked. And then from then, he was like, oh, well, I'm the man. I just knocked the featherweight king uh, in 13 seconds. And then he's like, yeah, I'll find a 55. I'll, I'll, I'll grab that second title. And then he's like, oh, uh, my replacement can't make weight. I'll fight at 170. Let's give him 170. And I'm like, you're a fucking featherweight, bro. And then he got humiliated and annihilated in front of the whole world. And <laughs> I sound like super sad about it. Uh, not true at all. Um, and then that was fucking it, bro. Like even when he got back on track and did the Arrows fight, which is arguably his best performance. Um, even then it was like, he like peaked again. It was like, okay, that's it. And now... Now he just punches old men in bars and is probably maybe a rapist. So uh, what the fuck, Conor McGregor? But that's his best line, in my opinion. Um, and um, you know who doesn't get talked about enough in terms of trash talking? Rampage. He had some of the best fucking lines of all time. And I can't remember a, a single line from a fight, like a post-fight where he called anyone out or, or anything like that in like a, a scrum. Um, I know fucking one, one time in the buildup for the second King Mo fight in Bellator, he, Mo roasted Rampage. He roasted him so bad. It was something about eating donuts and even <laughs> Rampage was still laughing, but he was like, damn you, Mo. And then he was laughing. Uh, but they, but they like kind of hated each other uh, a little bit because King Mo was like, I won that first fight <laughs> on Sherdog. Sure it was one of those worst decisions of the year that year. Go on Sherdog. Sure and he was like, I'm King Mo. This is what I sound like. That was a good King Mo impersonation. And uh, anyways, Rampage one time was on Ariel Hawani's show. 
and they said something about rapping, and he was like, you wrap these nuts to your mouth? And it's such like a stupid joke, right? It's like an elementary joke, but just the fact that he said it. Oh, and the, you know, the other one, this is like, I can't fully say it, but I will. Like, um, I mean, I, I won't, I'm saying, but I'll, I'll say up to that point. Um, I was also on Ariel's show, and he was like, man, I was doing this, that shit Conor McGregor was doing before uh, he, he got famous. I was the original Conor McGregor. Call me Connor Mick, and then he said the N word. And I was like, like another one where I was like shaken from 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 that, but then also like because it was so irreverent. But then I was like laughing because it was also one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard. Like Rampage is the goat, dude, of shit like that. And um, also, I love when Rampage gets like introspective when he was like, "Oh, I wouldn't want my kids to fight her." Oh, I did it because uh, it was a way to make money and, and she, like I I, I just I, Rampage is so underrated in my opinion, even though he like violates female reporters. God damn, that was a different time. Uh, and then uh, I agree with you, the goat of trash talking is Chael Sonnen. And my favorite line of his, and this in my opinion is anyone's best line. It's from that same interview you're talking about where he mentioned the Gamera Brothers. Actually, I think he said that online and then it got then referenced in a bunch of other interviews. So this might have been the first time it was mentioned in an interview. I'm not sure. But if you haven't seen this, you need to go look up Chell, Sun and Black and White interview with Ariel Hawani. It will fucking change your life. He roasts fucking Fedor and Crow Cop. He's like, oh, left leg hospital, right leg seven. Where's your legs, Mirko? And he was like, because at that point, Crow Cop had debuted and looked terrible in the UFC. And he was like, uh, <laughs> and we was talking about Vanderlei. He was like, no one's let him in on the gag. No one's let him know that the referee had an ear pace and told him his opponent went down. It's like, hey, Vanderlei, you didn't win those fights. 22 fight win streak in pride. Can't win two in a row in America? Oh my God, so good. But the best fucking line to come out of that, they talked about Vandalay. I think it may have been when he when he brought that up because he was like, I don't think he gets past Chris Lieben tomorrow. And, uh, spoiler, he didn't. Uh, so Chael fucking predicted that. Uh, but that was also because Chris Lieben was his teammate. Uh, shout out Team Quest. And um, he was like, we spoke to Vanderlei, and his quote was, if you do meet, he said he wants you next, and if you do meet, he will kill you and kill you fast. What do you say to that? And by the way, if you've ever seen that interview with, with Vanderlei, it's literally that. He goes, I kill him. I kill him fast. Uh, but he turns, Ariel turns over to Chell and is like, Hey, Vanderlei, you are an immigrant from Brazil. I am a gangster from America. Are you sure you want to play that with, with me? I'll do a home invasion on you. I will cut the power to your house. Sneak in with a pair of night goggles I got off the back of Soldier of Fortune magazine. I'll climb up the stairs. Pick the lock to the master room door. Take a picture of you in bed with the Nogara brothers working on your jujitsu. And post said photograph to www.dorksfrombrazil.com. Username, not required. Password, not required. And that, Vandalay, is how you threaten someone. Dummy. Because he ends it with dummy. Oh my god. It's like, Shell always prided himself on not cursing so that you could use his stuff on television. But bro, saying dummy at the end. So funny. Like, not even a good insult. Like, dummy. But before that, he fucking bitch slapped him so hard. Like, 
I'll fucking do a home invasion on you. Are you kidding me? That's the best line. And I know we agreed on your show. He referenced that when I was on his show. He referenced that Dominic Cruz line. And that probably is like like a close, close number second of all time. Because that literally is like the most demeaning thing. He was like, how are you going to beat me? I bought houses from the money I got from beating up your teammates. So gangster, Dominic Cruz. Um, but Chael Sonnen, that whole fucking diatribe about what Vanderlei is saying. He's like, I'm a gangster from America. Oh, my God. Can't get enough. Inject it into my veins, dude. That fucking interview is so good. What up, Juicy Juice Boy? This is Tricky Ricky coming at you from New Zealand. I just had my first baby, and I'm just, she's a girl. I'm just wondering, what would you would recommend to teach her as far as MMA skill sets if you had to choose one? Keep up the good work, mate. Go hard. Yes. So glad we finally have some, some kiwi flavor in the forum. Shout out to Tricky Ricky from New Zealand. Love that guy. Go give him a follow. I think it's at Tricky Ricksta. Um, but you'll find it, um, fucking great, great follow. Definitely, uh, check his page out. And, uh, Mazel Tov, dude, uh, congratulations on the, on the uh, baby. That's awesome. And I know it sucks to, uh, um, to, to become a parent in this, uh, pandemic that we're, that we're in, but I heard New Zealand is killing it. Uh, meaning like they're like, had the, one of the lowest cases. And, uh, if, and I even was, uh, listening to a podcast with, uh, Reese Darby, uh, famous New Zealander, and uh, I think he said, uh, he's like, we beat it, but I don't know if he was, like, joking, um, but, uh, yeah, definitely check uh, um, this guy out, Tricky Ricksta, he's the man, and uh, I, I saw this commercial that uh, made me tear up a little bit, uh, it was about a, a, a woman in, like, her 80s or something like that, actually, she would have to be older than that, um, I don't know the exact timeline, but she was born during the Spanish flu. And, uh, the, um, she, she was saying like, Oh, my mom was scared and this and this, this and that, but she knew she was trying to good people. And then they uh, talked about, and then, uh, you know, the words come on the screen, like new moms during the pandemic, we feel for you. That's why. And of course they were like, you know, plugging their own services or whatever the fuck, but it was just, it was a super heartfelt thing. And, uh, you know, kudos to you, man, that that's really awesome. So, um, this is my, uh, answer that, um, I would give for anyone, uh, with a, with a child of any gender really. And, uh, even, even to themselves, I think, uh, Brazilian jujitsu is, is the number one most important thing specifically. And you know why for women as well is because, um, the guard, is like very important for like rape defense and I, and I know that's like a little bit probably maybe like sexist of me to say that but um i know it's it's meant in a in a uh, in a well-meaning way because it's just you know what i mean i'm not trying to be crass or anything but um but also just because like you know uh jujitsu is about using like leverage and stuff like that to overcome like it's about the smaller guy winning and so um i would want my kids to, to always learn that like when if i ever have a kid knock on wood i hope i do um it's really hard for that to happen for me um i, I would want them to learn uh, brazilian jujitsu it's just it's so important and uh, i was actually talking about this a little bit on t cross's podcast because uh uh we we're talking about the bryce mitchell charles rosa fight and uh i was like um, man, that, that looked like a, like a white belt rolling in there a little bit or something like that. Like, I think he brought it up and I was like, you know what it looked like? It looked like this one time I trained jujitsu when I was not even a white belt and, uh, I rolled with this brown belt 
and he got, he got fucking toyed with. And I outweighed this guy, no joke. Let's see, he was rolling that weekend, I think at 168. I think he said it was like one hour weigh-ins or something like that. 170, maybe, might have been 170. Um, anyways, at that time I weighed 240. So I outweighed this guy by a fucking lot, at least 70 pounds, if not 80. And uh, obviously if you train, you know that that doesn't matter, but it helps uh, if you're the bigger guy, if you're um, less, uh, your, your skill set is less because you can use that to your advantage a little bit. Like if all things are equal, the bigger guy usually wins, but um, usually um, the smaller guy wins uh, in jujitsu. That probably didn't make sense, but I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, I got fucking embarrassed. And so, like, that shit is so important. Jiu-jitsu. Look into it. Uh, specifically, the Gracie Jiu-jitsu. Uh, I think they do actually have some schools over there because of the Pedro Sauer lineage. I'm not sure. Um, I'm pretty sure they do have schools in New, Ze New Zealand, but uh, they definitely should. Uh, like, they have a school in South Korea, for fuck's sake. So, um yeah, the, the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu has like a, a women's um, defense one where they work on like uh, like getting a pink belt, which is cool. <laughs> it's, it's cool. Hey there, Juice. Fine with myself. Smokey J here from Australia. Um, fucking, there's been some really cool fights added to the upcoming fight cards recently. One that's fucking got my attention is fucking Bruce Leroy, uh, Alex Caceres versus fucking Chase Hooper. I'm excited about that one, man. Like, fucking Alex Caceres has been around for ages and, like, fucking, I think he used to fight with Data 5000 back in the day. Like, fucking Jorge Masvidal style back in the backyards. And Chase Hooper's a cool dude, like, fucking young as fuck, like, I think he's the youngest dude in there at the moment at, like, 20. Uh, he had a good debut, fucking good contender series stuff, and I'm keen to see what that kid can do. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, Smokey J. And, you know, for the first time in the history of the show, I feel like I'm on the same level as Smokey uh, in terms of highness. I smoked a fat bowl, dude. And my tolerance is so low, like, that, for me, is like a fucking, like, two bowls. <laughs> Anyway, that Francis, that new bong you have must hit hard because there was a fucking long ass pause in between the um when you took the rip and when you started. Um But uh oh Caceres versus Hooper. Damn that's a good fight. And yeah, just like you said, like Bruce Leroy's style, it he he's not always like he doesn't have the best record. Like people always like to say, um like he's he's shit or whatever, but he's got some good wins. Like the Cole Miller fight, dude, at 199, and that was short notice. Like, you know, he fucking, that was an awesome fight. He dominated Cole Miller and I think submitted him and he's a black belt. Cole Miller is that, that is. Uh, but fucking, what's it called? He's one of those those fighters, like he could show up or he could not show up. You don't know which uh, Bruce Lee you're going to get. So if we get the one that's, and I, I would hope that, uh, given like Chase Hooper's like hype and his debut, like he would m maybe be motivated to bring the the fucking real Bruce Leroy out out there, and it's so funny because they both kind of have like a bit of an afro um, hairstyle, so it's like a battle of the fucking hairstyles, I guess. 
uh, like Battle for Afro Supremacy. I don't know. Bro, the that fight is awesome. I'd probably pick Hooper, if I'm honest, even though I do love Bruce Lee Roy because he's vegan and loves Naruto and saw him fight. And you know what? I'd probably pick Alex Caceres. Fuck Chase Hooper for now. <laughs> but uh, thank you for that, uh, good sir. Man, I love Smokey. Go follow. You are, if you're listening to this you probably already already follow Smokey J, honestly, because he, he promotes the shit out of me. And uh, that's why I always promote the shit out of him. And uh, he's... I think he has more followers than me. So by math, you probably already follow him. If you follow, I don't know. Anyway, check it out. Uh, this is from, well, he introduced himself anyway. So go ahead. Hey, Juice MMA Catfish. I don't really have a question this week. Kind of got some shit going on in my mind in other places. But I just wanted to send you a voice message and say, love your bra. Keep up the good shit, and aha, all you fuckers out there in MMA Twitter, enjoy your catfishes, because I'm the best motherfucker! <laughs> I sounded so drunk for that. I don't have a question, but love you, bruh. Oh, I love that guy. Go follow MMA Catfish. <laughs> He's hilarious. buddy mixed a man here calling in about kind of the john jones situation but maybe a larger situation that's playing out in front of us um john jones isn't gonna fight nagato and the thing about john jones is his poor will feelings oh they're just hurt they're just so hurt he wrote all about it on instagram how his feelings are hurt and he just thought things were gonna be better the fuck man you know, you went into business with these people. Nobody put a gun to your head. You have options. And I know you don't have as good options as you have with the UFC. But, dude, you signed a contract. You got a manager. You pay this manager. He negotiated this deal for you. Be a man of your work. Be a man of your commitments and live up to him. Like, the, the real villain here is your management. Whoever stuck you with this contract where now you suddenly think you're worth more money than what you signed on saying, I'm going to do this for this with this much commission. I mean, really, if you don't like it, try signing a short term deal. I mean, what is with these managers? Do we, I get, we all want to fight in the UFC and I get the paydays are the biggest in the UFC and the opportunities are the biggest in the UFC, but negotiate the best contract on the front end. And if it doesn't work for you, or you think your client is supremely talented or wants to go shoot guns with homeless people and do crazy shit, and sign a short-term contract, and at the conclusion of that contract, negotiate a better one. Holy fucking shit, what a concept. But don't say the UFC isn't going to pay. Motherfucker, they're paying you what you told them you wanted to get paid. God damn, and you're getting commission. Like, I'm not trying to defend the UFC. They're shady as fuck. Don't get me wrong. But if I'm going into the workforce and I'm signing on with some company that's shady as fuck, and I'm paying somebody to negotiate it for me, then I'm going to get the best goddamn terms available to me, or I'm going to go somewhere else. So it's the stupidest fucking narrative. Like, really? You're not going to fight because they won't pay you? They're going to pay you. They're going to pay you what you told them you do the work for. You fucking idiot. Like, come on, man. Just fight Nagano. And if you're the GOAT and you beat the shit out of Nagano and you get a little extra points on the pay-per-view, then terrific. And when that contract is up, 
Well, then you and your hurt wheel feelings and your shitty little manager, you guys can go negotiate something better. Or, or what won't happen, which is why I'm not even wasting my breath on it, you can get all your will fighters in a room together and realize, well, holy fucking shit, we've got a lot of bargaining power right now. So if we all just sat and told the UFC to go fuck itself, maybe then it would cough up its pennies. But you guys can't do that. That's never going to happen. I mean, it's not, at this point, it's not even worth discussing because you're going to have crazy motherfuckers like Spike Carlisle, the alpha ginger, who's literally going to fight to lick the ball sweat off Dana. So if I'm John Jones, dog, fire your manager or fight for what you said you'd fight and then renegotiate. But goddamn it, dude, give us the fight we want. Don't get in the way of yourself. Hey. Man, dude, yeah, I wish I had that fucking applause uh, soundboard thing that uh, Yugi just had on his podcast, I think that's great, um, by the way, guys, check out the iPokemon podcast, but dude, that fuck, dude, yes, fuck, oh my god, this is the problem with, 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 the only way to know your worth as a fighter is to, is to test the water as a free agency, because someone, something is worth what someone is willing to pay for it, that's, economics 101 and i know that because my dad has a degree in economics and he talks about it all the time and you know what if john jones thinks he can get more money he should try and get it elsewhere because if, if we're being honest uh there's as tough level of competition in bellator's 205 pound division right now and arguably the heavyweight division not really but it, as, far, as far as who he'd be fighting uh, i don't know you know what i mean so there's that. But also what he said about the manager is fucking true. Um, the f- first round management is so corrupt, dude. I, I don't even want to get into it right now. They're just so corrupt. Um, not even necessarily corrupt. Uh, like, I just, I think they're shitty people. Like, that's what it boils down to. I think they're shitty people. Um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. If if, if if the fight, here's the problem, dude. I'm, I'm glad you said you phrased it as like commission. And you mentioned points later. When you said commission, I think he was talking about um, champions get a uh, a portion of the pay per view. They get what they call points. Um, it adds basically if if I don't know the exact dollar amount. I want to say it's like one dollar per buy. That could be wrong. Don't don't correct me on that. But either way, it's a it's a fraction. And if there are tons of of champions on the on the on the card, it, you know the UC is giving them more. But bro, they fucking got it to give up. And and here's the problem as well. Like a lot of you guys, uh, and I and I hope when I say you guys, I, I don't mean anyone listening to this podcast. I hope I'm just making a blanket statement about MMA Twitter because, in large part, MMA Twitter does not like Luke Thomas, but he hits people with the hard truth, dude. Uh, it's a fucking. He's like full of those hard to swallow pills, and he's just like, here you go, fucking eat this. And motherfuckers don't like that. But you know what? I was listening to him recently on the live chat, and sometimes those are dumb because sometimes he, he responds to trolls, um, and live chats in general are like a cesspool, um, but there's some really good things about it, and for the most part, he ignores them because he'll get like a one thing, and then he was like, oh, you know what, I want to talk about this, like, and that's what happened, is that someone was like, uh, do you, someone asked him, like, do you think money fights will never happen during a pandemic, or, or something like that, and he was like, if you think the pandemic is the reason why we're not getting John Jones versus Ngannou, you're insane, because the UFC hasn't been paying their employees what they're worth for a long time, even before the pandemic, when everything was open, when everything was fine and dandy, they were still making shit money, and then he, he, he breaks down how uh, the UFC became, like, public because of a lawsuit, there was, like, a class section lawsuit in, like, 2015 or 16, and they had to release uh, some of the pay, 
and fucking we found out that like uh they were making like 16% of the of the profits of what of what they're worth and uh fighter pay has gone up but also the worth of the company has gone up so so percentage wise it probably is the same which is uh shit so uh there's that but uh what he said is true about people not honoring their contract like you signed a contract bro and that's it like you know you ufc and usada uh literally moved a card for you when you test positive for the turnball on three metabolites so don't want to hear john jones don't want fighting gonna or don't but don't fucking say it's because about not enough money You've been teasing uh, people for years about going up to heavyweight. I made a tweet back in August of 2019 when uh, Stipe got the bell off DC back. And either he called out John Jones or John Jones called him out on Twitter later on. I'm not sure. But people were talking about it anyway. That was like the talk of the fucking Twitters that week. Everyone was like, oh, John Jones versus Stipe. And I was like, bro, if John Jones signs to fight Stipe, I will shave my fucking head off. And you know what? I didn't have to. I cut my hair later because I donated to uh, a company that makes wigs for cancer patients. And I had to cut it because of a play. And I'm a good person. But I did not have to cut it because of that fucking fake bet. Because, yeah, it was a fake bet. I wouldn't have shaved off my hair if John Jones actually signed it. Are you fucking crazy? I don't have to fucking adhere to a Twitter bet for shit. Jokes are not bets. Fucking lemmings. All right. I had to just go off a little bit about John Jones and MMA Twitter about taking tweets too seriously. Uh, thank you, Mick, for that amazing call-in. It, uh, his call-ins usually don't have a question, so I, don't, I never know like what to say after him usually. But that one fucking opened the floor for a lot of shit, dude. Love it. All right, this next. Let me just make sure, cause I got I got questions in a lot of different formats this week, so I gotta make sure the formats are all you know in the proper order and shit. You know what I mean? I got a lot of different fucking questions. You know what I'm saying? So let me pull up the tweet. Here we go. Here we go. This is a this is a DM from my buddy Phil, the MMA dude. Shout out to Phil. Here we go. Hey Juice, this is Phil the MMA Dude from the Split Decision Podcast, and I have a question about the welterweight division and what's next for Kamaru Usman. So it was looking like it was going to be Usman versus Masvidal. Dana even said they were aiming for International Fight Week at UFC 252. This was, of course, prior to coronavirus happening. Uh, and then recently, Dana has said that, no, they're working on something else for Jorge. So uh, it seems like Jorge Masvidal versus Usman is not next. So my question is, who is next for Usman if it's not Jorge Masvidal? Uh, all signs are pointing to the idea that Masvidal is not fighting Usman next for whatever reason. In my opinion, this is an easy, easy question to answer. I don't know why more people aren't calling for an immediate rematch between Usman and Covington. Um, I think that that was one of the 10 most entertaining fights I've ever seen easily in the top 10. And I don't know. I haven't talked to anyone who disliked that fight. If you did, if you did dislike that fight, you're wrong, by the way. It was an amazing fight. So sorry. Um, but I think run that one back. And, you know, if Usman wins it, great. Another title defense against a huge, huge, huge competitor, in my opinion. Uh, someone, who, the only other guy who can even get close to Kamara's level of welterweight in, in, in Colby Covington. And if Usman loses, it's no problem because you just make a trilogy fight and that'll be fun too. So to me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, make the Usman-Colby rematch, but would love to, to hear your thoughts. Peace. Nice. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there, and uh, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Um 
So Dana says some shit sometimes that isn't always the truth. So when he says we got something big for Jorge and then it's not the title fight, I don't know that that's true. Uh, I think what would be big for Jorge is the title fight. And the other thing is this, which also refutes your answer about Colby. Uh, By the way, I don't think that's the fight to make. Um, And I'll get to that in a second. But Jorge, by all accounts on his like social media and things like that, he's in camp for a fucking wrestler. He's bringing a lot of high-level wrestlers and training with a lot of well-known fighters with great wrestling and um, and a lot of different grapplers. So either he's trained to fight Colby, which... If we're honest, with the bad blood and everything, is a is a pretty big fight, Jorge versus Colby. Um, so that so if it's not Usman, it still could be Colby. Um, and but I think it's still the Usman fight. I think he's just kind of maybe contract negotiations have stalled. Dan try, sometimes tries to like uh, he'll announce something or he'll say like in the public like they didn't want the fight if someone's like asking for more money. Because uh, Dana's gone on record of saying, you know, there are more than one ways to turn down a fight, and one of them is asking for more money, um, which kind of goes with like Mixta's thing, but also uh, it's a shady Dana White thing. So, um, in, in my opinion, the immediate rematch with Colby is not the fight to make. Uh, one, I hate giving rematches to challengers. And when I say I hate giving them, obviously I'm not the one giving them. I'm just saying, like, I hate when they give it. I, I hate advocating for it just because it, it was a great fight. Uh, but Kamaru stopped him in the fifth round. Remember when hashtag MAGAJAW was trending? Uh, that was beautiful, dude. We danced on his grave. And and yes, that makes it a little bit of, of a bigger fight in a rematch because there's so much heat there. But at the same time, Kamaru annoys the shit out of me, man. I don't want him to fight fucking Colby again. Because that... Uh, that humanizes him. That makes him uh, a hero uh, against a fucking piece of shit like Colby Covington. I want him to fight fucking Leon Birmingham Edwards, uh, who the fucking A5 wins three in the seventh division in the sport, in Leon Edwards. And Leon Edwards got fucked by the pandemic. He was supposed to fight Woodley, and Woodley was over there saying, like, I was ready to fight, and, and all this other bullshit that Woodley likes to say. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's gotta be the, the Leon Edwards fight if it's not Masvidal. Um, but that also leads me to believe you could do Leon Edwards versus Masvidal because of the three piece in the soda thing. Like that could be a big fight if they market it correctly, even though Leon Edwards is basically like a broom when they're in like, you know, fight, as far as fight promotion is concerned. But, uh, no, I, I never want to see, well, not never. Um, I don't want to see Kamara versus Colby for an immediate rematch. I don't, I don't like that. If Colby... Uh, wins his next fight, um, if he keeps his jaw intact and he fights, let's say, Tyron Woodley after Tyron Woodley stops Gilbert Burns. Yes, stops Gilbert Burns. Um, he's uh, They're going to make the, the the Woodley versus Colby fight. That's the fight to make. Guaranteed, Woodley's going to call Colby Covington. He's going to say, where you at, Quavington? You think I'm called Tyquil? I made a rap. Uh, I'm Tyron Woodley. That was one of my that was one of my worst impressions of all time. But uh hey. Uh I love Phil. I love the show. Phil and I actually uh chatted the other day. It was it was very nice. It was so sweet. He uh, uh recommended me this song that I listened to and I was like, this fucking rips. It was such a good song. And uh, I feel like I should listen to it again now that I'm high. So that's that's dude, that's so good. Uh shout out to Phil. He's the man. 
And check out Split Decision Podcast. Uh, uh, we're probably working on a collab soon. That's a little bit of a spoiler, but it might happen. So, shh. Um, but I got another question. And just let me find it. Here we go. It was from at Scotland underscore MMA. Um, it says, I think there's a chance that Connor fights Masvidal to start up the long-awaited 165-pound division. Maybe Fight Island, as Dana said, he has, quote, something else for Jorge. Uh, do you think this is unlikely or not so much? If so, why, if not, same? Uh, wow, this actually, I, I forgot to mention Connor in uh, answer to Phil's question, so this is good that they're back-to-back -back, uh, because it could be the, uh, the Connor fight, and that is something big for Fight Island, which they want to do. They want to make a splash. Um, Connor apparently was like happy to see that there was only one positive uh, case uh, where Jock ran his cornerman, technically three, but only one. He said one team. He phrased it that way uh, out, of, out of the whole fights that they had. So I think he was uh, excited to hear that and he wanted to, um, he wants to fight on Fight Island. Uh, Dana has gone on record as saying the 165 pound division will, will not happen as long as he's president of the company. And he has said that about a lot of things. But this time I believe it. Like uh, the w whole women fighting is is was one thing he went back on because I think that was just like the times and he was ignorant because it's Dana White. But um, he also then said like, uh, oh, I'll never do the women's 145. Uh, but then he realized like, Cyborg's too big of a star. And then he was like, I never want the women's 125 because he didn't think there was enough talent. And then he found out there was. So he had to sign everybody and have the ultimate fighter. But dude, I really believe it. Like, anytime anyone asks about the 165, he basically like threatens to revoke their press credentials. He's just like, stop fucking asking about 165, you donks. And, he, and then he's like, or no, goofs. That's right. That's that's things where you goofs, which are fucking these old men to get better at insults, dude, for serious. Um, but, uh, he's always like, no, why would I, why would I kill two divisions? Like meaning 155 and 170, uh, and make it like his whole breakdown. Right? He obviously didn't read my blog. <laughs> First of all, because obviously he didn't read it. <laughs> Secondly, uh, <laughs> uh, that really made me laugh for no reason. Uh, but yeah, as far as, uh, the Connor versus Masvidal, it could happen, but I don't think it's for 165. That's what it should be, if anything. Um, although, if, if if it's an inaugural 165, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see someone who has like good standing in in lightweight and welterweight. Um, not not Connor, just my opinion. And that is it for. Oh no, I got a text. <laughs> So this is, this is amazing ways to get uh, questions. I got a text from my buddy Rhino. Uh, shout out to Combat Sports with Rhino Podcast. Um, one of the best out there. And he says, Hello, my broski. Question for FWM. Juice Jackson is making his MMA debut. What's the walkout song, color scheme, and style of shorts? And you can have more of the Reebok on your shorts, so you get three sponsors. Who are they? Super stoked to hear your answers. Super stoked to answer it, Rhino. This is such a great question. Um, so... I like when fighters have a walkout song that's like their one that they use all the time. But I do also sometimes like um, when they change it up for certain situations, like when it's apropos. Uh, like Tyron Woodley's walkout when he fought Darren Till was one of the best walkouts of all time. And he walked out to that song from Selma. And um, he and there's a line where he's like, that's why I'm Ferguson. We put our hands up. And that's where he's from in Missouri. And he like put his fist up at that exact moment, which apparently later he said he did. He couldn't even hear it, but he just knew that was the right moment to do that. And I thought that was fucking cool as fuck. So um, 
am I talking about? Oh, my walkout song. So I would be the kind of guy who would have multiple ones, and I just know that. And uh, so if I'm making, you said MMA debut, and then you asked some questions that seem UFC specific, so I don't know if you mean UFC debut or MMA debut. But if I'm doing my MMA debut, it's probably a shitty regional show. Uh, no uh, disrespect to those shows. You know, everyone had to start somewhere. But um, if they would let me do this song, because I, I, I think it would, I would do this song. I'm going to play a little bit of it right now. Hello. Anyway, oh, here we go. It's my dick from the Dyslexic Speed Readers. <laughs> And I would say that's way too much to be playing on a podcast, but uh, this is not a family show. I've said that many times, so I'm sorry. But um, obviously there's that. And, and here's the other thing, dude. Like, if, I, if I'm going to fucking put my my health on the line for people's entertainment for a couple hundred bucks. I'm going to sing my own walkouts, dude. If I have to do that, I'm going to sing my own walkouts and that's it, dude. Whether it's recorded in advance or if it's done live, I have to do it. And that's not negotiable, dude. Uh, so the other thing is, um, I was thinking about, uh, open mic Eagle, uh, is one of my favorite rappers. And I know there's a lot of people listening to the show who are like rap connoisseurs and they're going to have one of the debate. And I just, I'm not prepared for that because uh, I don't listen to it too often. But in my opinion, like he's one of the last, um, like last of a dying breed of like intellectual rappers who write about like topical issues and things like that. And uh, it's needed in uh, the world. So uh, Open Mike Eagle is fucking much appreciated. I wish he would do the intro for the show. Like I, I like to change up the intro intros as far as lyrics and everything. But if he were to record me one, I I would probably keep it. You know what I mean? I would probably keep it. So um, I like his song I Rock a lot. But um, I was thinking, like, there's this line, dude. This is one of the fucking best lines I saw. Open Mike Eagle. The reason why I'm I'm such a fan of his is that uh, he was a like monologist at a um. UCB show that I went to uh, ask as an improv show and they had someone like tell some stories and then they do scenes based on that. But he also, he would do, he would do some songs and then he would explain the story behind them and then they would do that. And he played I rock and uh, there's this line where he's like, I'm one of the livest rhymers. That's also a nine to fiver. And it's so good because he talks about, um, and this is why I would do this song as well because, um, he, uh, he, had to work as a, at a school or something like that. And, um, he wanted to just be doing his rap career. And like, I really, I relate to that so much, but, uh, here's a little sample of the song. Hip, 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 hip. I want to sing, forget, 
situation's kinda dire Because I'm one of the livest rhymers It's also a nine-to-fiver I gotta wait until nighttime To rhyme in ciphers My supervisor's always asking why my eyes are tired I thank God I'm not a firefighter Cause every morning I drink coffee till I'm nice and wired And if you know me, you know that this is the perfect song uh, and I just I relate to it so much. But also he had a open mic ego had a song. I won't play it because I already played way too much. But he had a song. Uh, oh, what is it called? Fuck. I had it. Password. That's the name of the song. You know, I'll play a little bit of it actually because the fucking beginning is the reason why this would be a great walkout song. I'm so stealthy, I'm so stealthy, I'll hide behind this pole, watch me hide behind this street light. I'll get smaller, watch me fold, you can't find me cause I'm tiny, I'm camouflaged in this pine tree. I'm oh fuck dude, that song is so good. Oh my god, Mike Eagle's the fucking man dude. Um, he's also one of my favorites because I've found him on Instagram and he had this beef with like a like an indie pro wrestler. And he fucking got a wrestling license to to be able to fight him in the in the wrestling ring. And he was like, I'm really about to fight this dude. I'm that petty. And I think he had like a boot on from like having foot surgery or something. And I'm like, bro, respect, dude. I fucking love Open Mike Eagle. I also just love Open Mike Eagle because he goes with my philosophy of like always be true to yourself. Like he had a song, I think it's called Micro. I'm gonna look this up now. I'm not gonna. Uh, don't worry, I won't play. Even though I said I wasn't gonna play the other one, and I did. Micro Microfiche. That's the name of the song. Microfiche. Um, where he's like, "Fuck the NFL, fuck the red zone." Talking about the uh, whole Colin Kaepernick stuff. Oh my god, it's so fucking good because he just he just says on on his mind. He doesn't give a fuck. Like, don't say fuck the NFL, dude. Respect. But uh, my third option for a walkout song, and I'm only going to do three because I'm not going to go on for too long, even though I went way too long already and I haven't even got to the other parts of your question, but it would be um, My Shot from Hamilton, and if you, uh, which is a musical. And if you listen to this and you don't like musicals or if you think you wouldn't, you should fucking check out Hamilton because, uh, yes, it's like super mainstream and popular or whatever, but it's also like uh, relatable and it's about our like American history. So you should definitely fucking uh, check it out. But um, it goes like, oh, fuck, I'll just do it. Because like I said, I got to be able the one to fucking do it. But it's like, I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. And I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm going to get a scholarship to King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but that guy amazing, astonished. The problem is I got a lot of brains, but no polish. I got to holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge. I'm a diamond in the rough. A shiny piece of coal trying to reach my goal. My power of speech unimpeachable. Only 19, but my mind is older. These New York City streets get cold. I shoulder every burden, every disadvantage I have learned to manage I don't have a gun to branch I walk these streets famished The plan is to fan this spark into a flame But damn, it's getting dark So let me spell out the name I am the A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R We are meant to be I'm just so fucking good this song So you don't even you don't even know how good this song is If you never uh, heard it You gotta look it up Because uh, I didn't do it justice But I, I need to do that for my soul right now 
and uh, it's just it's so good. So just go look it up and uh, don't uh, ask any further questions because I'm not prepared to answer them. So that, that was my walkout songs. And like I said, I, I thought like so like that my dick one is like perfect because you're like fucking pumping yourself up, but also shitting on your opponent. <laughs> it's just it's just so good like like my dick costs a late night fee yo dick got the hiv oh my god so good i should have put that one on my instagram people are doing these like 30 day song challenges and um today's one is like uh a song that uh your mom shouldn't hear so i put that fucking i come blood song and i but i literally was like because my mom like watches my stories. I'm like, mom, skip this. Don't fucking listen. Uh, and I'm not kidding. So I would do the My Dick song. Or the the My Shot one is like a good one for like if you're making your UFC debut. Because it's like, I'm not going to fucking throw this away. This is my shot. I don't know. Um, anyway, that's how my brain works. And Open Mic Eagle would probably be like... I would do like different Open Mic Eagle songs for like the rest of my career. And the rest of those fights. Or like I said, if he made like a custom walkout song, I would fucking walk out of it. He used to call his stuff Trip Hop, uh, which I thought was a cool name. And then like I read an uh, interview recently where he was saying he calls it Rap Art. And either way, I'm fucking in. Like whatever it is, whatever you call it. If you, if you call it Poopy, I'm in. That shit is amazing. So, uh, open mic eagle all day. Actually, you know, that reminds me of, I meant to, to give a quick shout out. I did a tweet like this one time and it got like fucking like 200 different people were like dropping their walkout songs. And, uh, before I muted because it got way too fucking crazy. One of the, one of the, my favorite ones, because I found something out about this person I didn't know was, uh, it was from the fight geek. He, he said his walkout would be, he was like easy this. I think he might've given another one, but he's like one of these two is like this or this, but I can only remember the first one. And he was like, cheesesteak by Vinnie Pass and I was like you mean the fucking pro boxer who uh, they made a movie about starring Miles Teller who is one of the most underrated actors of our generation and uh, he killed it and they made a movie about the guy who almost broke his or well did like break his neck or whatever and almost died and then came back to win a world title that guy he made a rap song and I looked it up and it was fucking good but I was also like why am I listening to this but he was saying how it's like kind of like braggadocious a little bit, which is actually a subject of oh, Mike's uh, stuff, of oh, Mike Eagles. Um, but he uh, <laughs> he um, he said that that song is fire, and I was like, damn, Fight Geek really is about to walk out to Vinny Pass. Uh, so shout out to Fight Geek, uh, the Split Decision Podcast. So the color scheme and style of my shorts. Uh, this is another one that would probably fucking change uh, every fight because you know how like Dylan Dennis. Uh, whose last fight he was wearing like fucking leopard panties basically, and uh, it was disgusting. And by disgusting, I don't mean anyone that wears those is disgusting. I just mean like he's disgusting. And that was like, bro, why the fuck are you doing that? It got us talking. And so I would be like motherfucking like Chris Tucker in the Fifth Element every walkout, dude. I would be like, but like in a different one. Uh, like anytime you see him in, in the Fifth Element, he's got a new costume on, and or like the motherfucking Dean in Community, but like a stylish version. That's why I said Fifth Fifth Element. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely I, I would have to do like like one time I have to be like a silver and blue motif. Like that's kind of my favorite like color combination is like silver and like dark blue. Um, with like a little bit of black in there. Uh, but also I would, I would do fucking wild ass shit. Like I would do pink shorts, uh, with maybe like some like, like lips, like lip prints on the ass just to be like, kiss my ass. 
and I would do the fucking, uh, uh <laughs> never mind. But I would, I would make sure that my opponent saw those during the fight. Um, like, you know, spin kicks and shit anyway. So that's probably what I would do. And, um, uh, sponsors. Okay. So this is like, like when you're starting out, uh, you have to be, take whatever you can get. And it's usually like the local hardware store or whatever. Um, but if I get to pick and we're just talking about like fucking, uh, goals, I would want to do, there's a company called purple carrot, which is like a meal prep, like, uh, not meal prep, but like, uh, meal delivery, I guess the, like, it's like blue apron or hello fresh where they send you like a bunch of ingredients and recipes and like, this is what you're making this week. And it gives you just the right amount of proportions of like, uh, uh, what you need or proportions portions whatever um the right amount of each ingredient to make these things and um i fucking am a big fan i got them like i ordered it for the weekend after my surgery the last time i had cancer and uh like because it's only like three meals and i was like i need to be able to fucking have some good healthy food that i don't have to think too much about and so i got that it was fire and it wasn't even like their best week like one of the things i ordered was out and they had to swap it out but i got like i had like a black bean uh salsa thing with like buffalo tempeh strips and a fucking mushroom uh lo mein that was fire dude like i just got some some really good shit from there and so i would, I would want to rep their brand also to um reinforce the vegan stereotype of, of always having to tell people you're vegan and um so that's one i would probably do i would want like a cannabis dispensary like everyone having cbd like you know like there was a time when everyone used to have like dip your car or whatever. I could still even do like Mufa, uh, I almost said Mufasa, Musasi's last fight. I think he had that. And I was like, go back to 2015. Um, but now it seems like everyone in Bellator, like can, that can have sponsors is repping CBDMD. And even like the UFC fighters on Instagram, they're repping CBDMD. Um, but I would get a fucking dispensary. Like I'm not saying like, hey man, I'm not taking the non-psychoactive shit just for my health. I'm taking the psychoactive shit for my mental health. And so, fuck you. And I would be, like, putting it in their face. Like, yeah, I smoke weed. What? Um, <laughs> and then I would probably also want to rep, like, uh, an adult company. Like, Vivid or Hustler. Something that says, hey, man, this is not for kids. And if you show your kids, that's cool. But I'm not a role model. Like, how Izzy kind of comes out and is like, hey, man, I'm not a role model. Um, don't follow me. I'm doing my own thing. Um, but that's just me. Um, like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of fighters that are role models. Uh, obviously you guys know that for listening to me, but I just wouldn't be that guy. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Or if, dude, if I ever got to a, um, a position where I was fighting John Jones, um, this is obviously never gonna happen. It's literally just a fantasy. But I would fucking um I would wanna be sponsored for that fight by a company that uh makes dick pills. Just to fucking flex on them, you know what I'm saying? Like some mental warfare shit. Or literally just a just a brand that someone made a company for that says gas station dick pills, because that's the that's the kind he said he he had. It would just say gas station dick pills. <laughs> And uh, let's see, I got the Waka, the color scheme. Uh, I think that's it. So yeah, um, thanks thanks so much, Rhino, for that question. That was fucking great. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we move to the Twitter forum. Ba-ba-da-ba, 
All right, so the first question comes from the homie Shane Tara. He's been absent on the forum for a long time, missed his questions. Uh, he says, which movie in the Evil Dead trilogy is your favorite? And Philly uh, made dude replied, the only correct answer is two, and that is correct. Although I'm a I'm, I'm fond of all of them. I think I have a special spot on my heart for Army of Darkness, the third one, because it kind of introduced me to the, to the trilogy. But, dude, like you said, I think later on he said they're all good. Um, that's such a hard one to answer, but that's something that people are going to like have a line in the sand about. Like how Phil said the only correct answer is two. Like that's something where it's going to be like, hey, like fucking Pete Bagels was like, I broke my... He, what he says is, I broke my brother's nose like 10 years ago over a drunken debate about that. Two all day long, fellas. Shout out to Pete Bagels. But um, this is a question from Cyrus King, at Cyrus King. He says, with Connor's goat talk, is it possible... Where the fuck did I go? Here we go. Uh, <laughs> you can name 10 names higher ranked than Connor. If the answer is yes, who are they? And I feel very conflicted about this... Uh, <laughs> about this answer uh, Cyrus about this question because I don't like the goat talk in general and I've talked about it a little bit on this podcast I think it should be if anything of the era uh, and also within that of particular divisions but also it just, just shouldn't be talked about like it that's why I like to talk about the goat unironically like if you if you don't think the goat is on him Loboff like you're doing it wrong so um, could I name 10 fighters that are higher I can name 10 fighters that could probably have a better skill set like here's the thing as well like the the goat talk is just barbershop like it, it it there's no contest for it like can you tell me with a straight face that you don't think damian maya could could beat conor mcgregor like do you think if they get in a fight damian maya's underrated like striking defense and his willingness to just implement his game plan would not pay off plus he's fucking had a ton, a ton of five round fights and can go for a long time he would maul the shit out of connor dude but that doesn't mean he's the best of all time and people rank connor as being like top 10 like here's the thing uh someone someone responded as i said habib gsp silva jones cejudo mighty mouse Ferguson, Hughes, Couture, and Stipe. Now, I take issue with the with the Matt Hughes inclusion, mostly because he's a piece of shit, and he got beat by Dennis Hallman twice by armbar. Like, what the fuck? Dennis Hallman, they got to wear a fucking Speedo. Are you kidding me? Secondly, Cejudo. Uh, anyway, but otherwise, yeah, all of that list was fucking solid. And, and we could throw in more as well. Um, I, I could I'll sit here and list t uh, 10 names that are higher than Connor, but I don't know that that would be helpful because it would just be feeding to the narrative of the, the GOAT discussion, which is a, a tired narrative in my opinion. It's, uh, it's, it's something that should be like put to bed, uh, at least f as far as like MMA Twitter is concerned. Because the UFC is already going to do that stupid pound-for-pound -pound ranking, which is done by actual robots, and you guys are still going to argue about it. <laughs> like no thank you uh but i love cyrus that wasn't like a no thank you to your question that was a great question because it inspired this little diatribe but hey man uh if you have connor in your top 10 uh even top five i don't think that's like terrible uh because especially because it's all like speculative and and, and subjective number one but it's also just like 
the the guy has has put people away and had a, like a really great run at times in his career. And you can you can be like a fucking sheep and, and quote Habib and being like you tap in three weight division, you not got I got, uh, or you can be like Nate and be like I fucking embarrassed him faster than anybody. No, go when you see me. Like get out of here, please. Um, but that's just uh, that's just fe- feeding uh, into it. Uh, next question is from Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz. He says, Roberts or Weaver? How and in what round? I'm so excited for this fight. Yes, dude. First of all, uh, I said, I think on the last podcast, I used to be a big fan of Brock Weaver. Uh, I'm not a big fan, but I was a fan. After that fucking dogfighting bullshit came out, he's on the list, dude. He's on the list. That that's the list of fighters I'm not a fan of, by the way. We're like hardcore, not a fan of. Um, so I think Ruver, <laughs> I think Roosevelt Roberts is gonna fucking annihilate this dude. And I don't uh, say that as like a I think it's gonna first round smoke him. Uh, it's probably gonna maybe go to the cards or be like a late third round uh, submission uh, for uh, for for Roosevelt. But I think it's gonna be it's gonna be fire. It's going to be a fucking great fight. Oh, Brock Weaver gets uh, choked the fuck out. All right. This next question is from Kevin Holland. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Whoa, I was looking into the card. Wow, dude. So high right now. I was about to say I'm picking Kevin Holland in the next fight on the card. But um, we're not to that segment yet, babies. Here we go. Uh, Next question is from Kim Close at Kim Close underscore four. Close is spelled K-L-O-Z. And it took me five podcasts to pronounce it right uh he says what's your favorite song right now and why is it together by sia uh (laughs) okay here's the thing dude it's not together by sia i haven't heard that uh i do think sia is great by the way i'm not shitting on sia but um it's 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 not in my uh favorites right now i'll have to check it out afterward um however my jam right now and this is not my like all-time favorite necessarily, but it's fucking amazing. And I've been bumping it like every day for the past like week plus. Uh, yeah, no, because I almost used it as a as a, as a fucking uh, intro last week. Lilac wine from Jeff Motherfucking Buckley. So good, and I think it's originally a Nina Simone song, but dude, it's also an example of how. Uh, a fucking cover can be better than the original. It's so good. And let me tell you something. If you like that song, you might also like Miley Cyrus did a cover of it. And Miley Cyrus is actually like when she when she makes real music and commits to it, she can fucking sing. Like even I think Joe, not that Joe Rogan's like the beyond all, but I think Miley's latest album, like he was like he he was like Miley, great album. Like I was like so random from Joe Rogan, but um. When she sings, she can fucking sing. When she's like pop bullshit, like what kind of thing that LAX and it like it's terrible. But obviously, that's um, not what she is good at, and that's that song. So listen to that. But also, dude, listen to fucking everybody here wants you from Jeff Buckley. One of the sexiest songs of all time. Like twenty nine pearls in your kiss, a singing smile, coffee smell, and lilac skin. You're flaming me. And then the chorus is like, I know everybody here wants you. Like the whole thing's in falsetto. Oh my God. So I almost just came. So good. So go check out Jeff Buckley. 
uh, specifically Lilac Wine, and everybody here wants you. Um, he says, what's the fight to watch out for on the next card that you think people are sleeping on? I don't know. Like, they all kind of intrigue me. Like I, like Dave mentioned the Rizzo Roberts fight. I don't know if people are sleeping on that necessarily. The Kevin Holland fight is also super interesting to me because he's now tying the second place record, I think, for fastest turnaround in history, uh, 14 days. And he's fighting. He just got a, a nice win at middleweight, and now he's fighting a welterweight. I think it's his welterweight debut, at least in the UFC. And I know at the at the on the post fight, this is probably what inspired this. In his post fight, he called out Mickey Gall. He was like, "I win a one eighty two point five. I think I can make one seventy. No problem, Mickey Gall. Let's go or whatever." Um, I'm super excited to see how he's gonna look because he's a fucking tall ass dude and he's lanky as shit. Like I don't know if he can safely make 170, but he didn't take any damage in that last fight, man. He beat the brakes off of uh, Fluffy uh, Anthony Hernandez, I think, or or Alex. No, you know Alex Hernandez is the is the guy that's the great, but he's not great. He's a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, whoever Kevin Holland just beat, um, he beat him handily. Uh, but that's a good fight. Also, not gonna lie. Hannah Cyphers versus Mackenzie Dern has some good potential. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say it, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's a good fight. Uh, he also says, Jones versus Francis, who takes it in hell? No political on the fence answers. Uh, I will not give you an on the fence answer. And I think, no, I know it's John Jones. Now, here's the thing, dude. This is like the definition of a puncher's chance. And I talked about it last episode. But John Jones is uh, a better wrestler. He has more range and is used to using his range. Like he, He's used to fighting a kicking range, whereas Francis fights a boxing range. Uh, Francis, yes, has an 83-inch reach to John's 84-inch uh, to, to uh, reach. But he gets into boxing range. He fucking bullies people and gets in their face. John Jones keeps people at bay. He's going to kick the shit out of Francis's knee. Uh, and then he's going to shoot for a takedown. And Francis is not going to have any legs to fucking defend them. And he's going to fucking smother him against the cage. And he's going to choke him unconscious. Now Francis will probably tab. Let's be fair. Um, but yeah, that's how I see that fight going. I honestly don't see, see it being that competitive. Um, Francis probably could catch him on the way in. But dude, like jo Jones unwillingness to put himself in precarious positions is not something to be taken lightly here. Like, especially the fact that he's calling for the fight. It's because he knows he can beat him. I mean, come on. Anyway, he said, is Connor on Coke again? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think he ever stopped. I do believe him when he said he stopped for his, his training camp. Um, but I think he's definitely, especially being cooped up, dude. Uh, like he's obviously on Coke. Like that's, that's it. And uh, it says Team Woodley or Burns, parentheses T-Wood. Yeah, man, here's the thing. I'm going to talk about this more in my breakdown, but it's T-Wood. And I know I like to, to shame him because sometimes he says some stupid things that deserve to be shamed. And sometimes he's cringy, uh, but uh, I, he's still one of my uh, fighters that I look forward to fighting. And he's pissing me off uh, lately. But um, once I turn the corner on T-Wood, I've been, I've been Team T-Wood. Like, originally, like... He was not my favorite champion at all. And uh, then he uh, talked about being with, uh, training with Sage Northcutt and making Sage watch The Birth of a Nation and all these things that he did. And it was just like, it was a different side of him that I needed. And now he's like talking about how he fucking uh, is a broke rapper. And I'm like, why, dude? Why? 
but uh, that that doesn't mean. I also like being a contrarian sometimes. Like everyone on MMA Twitter right now is on Gilbert Burns nuts, and those same people are also saying Dan Hooker is a journeyman and a bum. And you know what, dude? Dan Hooker fucking knocked Gilbert Burns out, and people forget that. People forget that. So, um, they shouldn't forget it. And uh, I like Gilbert Burns, and I I do like to pump him up, and he's uh, cool on Twitter. And uh, he drops that fucking coffin meme sometimes, which is funny. But, hey, man, uh, if you don't think Tyron Willie's going to fucking murk this dude, I don't I don't know what to do with you. People are going to fucking play this back if uh, Gilbert Burns wins. We'll be like, hey, fucking clown. This podcast age well. I have 12 followers. Huh? Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Great questions from Kim Close. And uh, this other question from Shane Tara, he says, uh, do you like my new bong? If so, check yes. <laughs> There's no place to check yes. <laughs> All right, yes, check. Uh, and he says, also suggest a name or two. Um, there's a picture of this in the form if you guys want to draw some suggestions as well. I think that would be pretty cool. I'm actually going to retweet it right now just so people look at it. But um, like as opposed to being like in the comments, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm elevating it, so I'm saying. Um, my uh option or whatever my pick for this my suggestion there we go either mighty mouse or demetrius because it's little but it hits hard and that's the fucking that's it's the goat so you know what i mean that's it all right this uh next question is from ashwin uh, uh at omnishwin he says biggest upset on the on the may 30th card uh, I mean, I don't know if it would be uh, considered an upset if, if Roosevelt beats uh, Brock. I also don't know if it would be an upset uh, if Hannah Cyphers beats Mackenzie Dern. Like, I don't look at betting lines. I don't know if that's what he's referring to or just in terms of public perception. Um, in my opinion, it would be those two. Um, so d- depending on which one is the more uh, underdoggy or whatever <laughs> whatever your uh, p- parameters are. Um, and Eamon says... Would Habib McGregor 2 be the biggest fight ever in the history of the UFC? And a lot of people got stupid mad in the comments. And they're honestly fucking the way Eamon was replying to them was the GOAT answers. So you guys need to go look at it. Um, But uh, in terms of numbers, if that's what you mean, I think absolutely. Because it already broke the record. It was like 2.5 million buys. And uh, rematches historically, uh, they always do good business. And I think that probably would be, although, um, in my opinion, Connor would have to be Gaethje or someone for to like really earn that spot. Like, here's the thing: if if Gaethje wants to defend right away, um, even though he shouldn't, because he was just in a war with Tony Ferguson, um, and Connor wants to fight, and Habib is obviously in Ramadan. Um, th- if they make Connor versus Gaethje and Connor wins, which albeit is 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 a tough task, because I don't actually see that happening. Then it would be huge, like unification bout, rematch. He would get some shine off of beating the guy who's like the guy right now in Justin Gaethje. So it could be bigger if they made it right now. I don't, it's not as big as it could be, in my opinion. Um, this next question is from Pete Bagels. He says, Would you rather have Bigfoot Silva fart in your mouth? Or have to eat one pound of Tony D'Souza's beard after he hasn't washed in a week. (laughs) 
Dude, this is such a tough question to answer. First of all, if you don't know who Tony D'Souza is, his uh, nickname, I think, is like the Peruvian Nightmare, I want to say, or the Peruvian something. Anyway, he's Peruvian. It's Peruano. And he's the credited inventor of the Peruvian necktie, uh, which is a great submission that I fucking love. Misha Sirkinoff got one recently. CB Dalloway used to get them all the time. And uh, Eddie Alvarez got one on Bully Beatdown, and I fucking, that's when I became a fan of his. So uh, I love Tony D'Souza. <laughs> Um, I also think like someone farting in your mouth is probably like the most like, see, the problem is like they're both probably puke inducing because I like when, when I, at first I was like, oh, it's a no brainer. I mean, Tony says beard, especially some of that like awesomeness would, would, you know, rub off on me. I'm getting just in case, you know, you never know. I mean that, but I thought about how if he had a massive beard now, like guy shook be, uh, massive, like that kind of beard and shaved it all off. That probably wouldn't even be a pound. And then I, th I started thinking about how much it would take to get a pound of beard hair. And I, I honestly like threw up a little just thinking about it. So um, I'm st I still might go with the beard because I just, Bigfoot Silva, like if I, if I want to ingest any one of those essences, it'd be from Tony D'Souza. But um, it's like the far with the fart would <laughs> this is like a fucking sophie's choice situation because the fart would last like a second and you would probably probably linger for like a fucking uh second afterward and i could just like take a shot of whiskey or something to wash it down and um the beard would just get stuck in there for so long and it would probably honestly make me throw up a lot so i think i might have to go with the fart oh like i'm taking this super seriously um <laughs> Uh, this next question is from The Only Way is MMA at Tell Me Sup. He says, I don't follow many fighters on Twitter. Who is Juices must follow from the MMA world and why should I follow suit and follow them? Um, that was definitely an intended pun, follow suit. Um, shout out to, to Wally. Great guy. Um, I really miss his um, videos. and Maybe he's still doing them and I'm just uh, missing them because I'm not on Twitter. But uh, he used to post a lot of these like inspirational videos, being like, "Just went for a wee run, guys. It was cold out, so I didn't want to go, but I I did a, I did a wee warm up, and uh, honestly, I feel great. Get after it, guys. And, and I always end with get after it, and I love it. And uh, that's uh, that's really needed in the in the world. <laughs> so so go follow Wally. But to answer your question, fucking first of all, you have to follow Molly McCann. You have to follow Molly McCann. And you also have to follow uh, fucking Roxanne Monteferi, obviously. Um, but you also have to follow Laura Sanko, posts some really funny stuff. Um, she's also very attractive. Um, Raging Sweet Potato, who hates me um, now, uh, is like a fucking has a heart on for Laura Sanko. Megan O'Levy, you have to follow. Um, because she posts some interesting things. Um, you also have to follow um, Fernanda Praches because she is my favorite sports writer right now. Uh, some of the best content in the MMA media space. Uh, one of the best minds as well. Uh, I mean, just one of the one of the smartest and most like in tune with like uh, like the emotional side of fighting, which I think is so important. And um, I know you already follow Aspen Lad, even though that's not on my list. I don't know why I just thought of I just thought of that. Um, I feel like I need more. Um, but yeah, that's it. The, mostly those. Definitely follow follow those people. Oh, Caposa, you have to follow Caposa. 
Uh, I know some people listening to this uh, hate Caposa, but honestly, he was my first follow from him on Twitter, and uh, I've never seen a bad take out of him. Not anything that I'm like super like impressed with, like oh wow, never thought of that. But just like nothing that I can ever like legitimately disagree with, as far as being like terrible shitty takes. And I've said I've gone on record on saying this before. All of us have shitty takes, whether you like it or not. Uh, all right, Joe Blogs seventy four. <laughs> at Joe Blogs, he says, "Do you think Mike Perry is losing his way, as in losing his focus on his career?" Dude, yes, absolutely. Like people are talking about um, his new girl and losing the Platinum Princess. First of all, whatever he did, I'm sure it was his fault in the breakup. Totally, totally, one hundred percent on him. Like so, so the fact that like they were like, "You should go get her back." Like they already broke up. I mean. The, this was that was their second time, and yeah, may, maybe she'll lose relevance after a while and want to get back with, uh, with with him. But I don't think so. It, like, it just feels like she wouldn't give him a chance. I mean, who knows? Because I think she's built her brand off of being that as well, hasn't she? Like, she's now she's fucking the platinum princess, even though they're not together, and that was her thing with them. And I think she even like is making her own like her own clothing line, and honestly, like the the women of MMA Twitter love her. Uh, so, but my point was when he was with her, he was focused. Even though she gave terrible advice in his corner, having her there was important to him. Um, and they should have like muted her basically, uh, by that, I mean, not let her talk, but like San Alvey has his wife in his corner. And as much as I am not a San Alvey fan, I think that helps him. Um, cause sometimes during what rounds, she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, dude. Um, but, uh, I need that. And people are, I'm going to say this, like people are shitting on the new girl being like, oh, she's not as hot. Like, first of all, uh, I don't think that's like, uh, something that's like fucking, uh, a good thing to do. Like put someone else down just to like, I don't know, feel better about yourself or whatever. But, um, if I can say objectively, they're probably on the same level of cuteness, like whatever, you know what I mean? But they, their fucking relationship was so good. Like, Jimmy the Drunk had sent me the video of their like little cooking show that they made, and they just, they they look so cute together. Like it was just so cute. So uh, I think uh, that we need more uh, Mike Perry and Platinum Princess. And um, Joe Blogs apparently also sent like a a voice question, and uh, for last week, but it never came through. And he was just like, "Hey, uh, it was just about asking if." Um, my wife and I are okay, and if we're learning anything new or doing any new hobbies during this hard time. Yeah, so my wife has been playing a fuck ton of Animal Crossing New Horizons, like a fuck ton. And uh, so if you play that game, you should definitely um, add her. And uh, she might visit your island, she might not, or you can visit ours, I'm not sure. Um, I, I came up with the name of it, and I have a tent there, but I don't fucking play ever. And she gets mad at me because I put it on a spot where she liked to fish, and she can't anymore. I think she moved it now. Um... I have been reading, like I said, the Harry Potter series in Spanish. Um, it's helped my Spanish tremendously. And um, a lot of people think that I speak Spanish fluently. I actually don't. Um, I, I, I just I speak it better than any white person because I, I, I'm very particular about using the accent. And uh, my vocabulary is good from just listening to a lot of um, songs. And I tried really hard in school. Like the people that like take Spanish and don't learn anything are fucking... Like you fucked up because you get out what you put in. You you could have actually learned instead of just like learning a few like dos cervezas por favor or whatever for the fuck, you know. Um, I'm also um, 
trying to learn how to play the ukulele, but it's not going very well. So I don't know if that's going to be a thing that's going to happen in my life because I'm going back to work now and I just don't have the time. And he also said, uh, seriously, what do you rate Connor and Gotok, if at all? And I basically, so th this is basically my same answer from the, the, the Cyrus question because I don't rate anyone in Gotok, really. And if if I were, he would probably be top five, but people are so like fixated on how he was overrated in like a big like marketing machine or he benefited from the marketing machine of the UFC and it was just like this massive hype train, but he has got legitimate skills um, that should be taken into account if you're going to, you know, seriously have uh, a kind of discussion about that, even though, like I said, it's kind of fucking fruitless, but um, it, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, probably top five, like I said, but I don't really do that. Um, Sean S. Porter, at Sean S. Porter, says, could there ever be a decently entertaining and competitive super heavyweight division? Honestly, no, especially in a USADA era. Like, there just couldn't be. The only way that that could happen is if motherfuckers like Thor Bjornsson, uh, I think it's technically Hap Thor, the, the guy that was the mountain in Game of Thrones, if him and fucking... Uh, like, I don't know, all those pro wrestlers that are like 6'8 and just fucking juice to the gills. If USADA didn't exist and they could do that, uh, that would be fun. But honestly, like, it would be full of, like, it would be he like heavyweight but worse. Like, no one would have cardio. Um, you would either get, like, a sloppy three-round boring decision with a lot of clinching. Or you would get a fucking slobber knocker, like, first-round, second-round knockout. And uh, it would be fun as fuck. I'm not going to lie. It would be fun as fuck. You know, definitely like callback to the pride days. I mean, those fights when, when Fedor fought that fucking massive dude. Um, any, any Bob Sapp fight, to be honest with you. Like, that's uh, that's what it would have to, to be. And uh, he also said knees to the head on the ground. Here's the thing. Yes, dude. We need more grounded knees. We need more Japanese MMA rules in uh, the UFC and the North American MMA. We need that. Because here's the thing. It's like, Someone was, uh, this might have been on Luke Thomas again. I know, I know people hate it, but I'm just going to, um, this is a valid point. Um, someone was asking a question about Demetrius Johnson making his debut to one. Obviously, this is years ago when it happened. And he said, will he have to um, change up his instincts now that he can do knees on the ground? And he, he was like, no. Fighters have to actively fight that instinct because... Um, when someone's on the ground, you want to knee them. That's what your brain tells you to do. That's uh, that's like a good martial arts technique, and that's gonna fucking do a lot of damage. And so you need that. And also, I I think this like uh, John McCarthy had a good point about the down fighter rule once, and because it was when they changed from having like one hand on the ground to two hands, and it was because. Like, people used to kind of cheat and, and just put, like, a finger on the ground or whatever, and they would be considered a down fighter so that they could recuperate and not take shots to the head. Um, but um, he was like, no, we don't want you to do that. We want you to be able to use your hands to defend yourself. So, like, just in case of accidental illegal blows or whatever. But honestly, like, that proves the point of it's like an instinctual thing. Like, A, you need to be able to defend against that, so you need to be ready for knees on the ground. Also, we could change up the fucking strategy in, in in grappling like the guy in the bottom that would be receiving these can use that to his advantage and sweep them so uh there's a lot of benefits to to allowing these to the head on the ground i think that that's fucking needed 
And that ends the uh, the forum. This is a fucking great-ass forum. But I lied. It's not the end of the forum. I said before, I uh, checked the... I refreshed the questions while recording, and I, I try and get as many of them in as possible. So even if someone gets sent in at the buzzer, I will still use it. And uh, my man Genghis had another one, so this is a great question. Juicy baby. My bad. I know I got this in late. Throw it on next week. But yo, Frankie motherfucking Edgar. Pedro, who the fuck am I, Moonez? That's what he's going to be asking after Frankie gets his fucking hands on him. Tell me how you see that fight going down. All right? Don't disappoint me. Love you. Yes. First of all, so disrespectful on his name. Who the fuck am I? It's Munoz. And he says Munez. Like, like Frankie Munez. <laughs> yes, dude. I'm all about it. Fucking fuck yeah, Frankie Edgar. The answer. I love it. You know what? I don't see this fight going any other way but Frankie getting his hand raised. He's thinking he's going to pressure him. Uh, that's what he does. I don't think Munoz likes pressure. He did get into that little exchange with Cody Garbrandt, and uh, and he knocked him out. But Cody even said, and, and this is like Cody's like the king of excuses kind of, or not really, but like, I don't know, sometimes he's a fucking whatever. Uh, he said he there was a headbutt. A clash of heads earlier, and he was just sort of fighting on instinct. And he was like, "Yeah, I felt like a dickhead." I'm not saying I didn't, but that was also because of the clash of heads. Um, and uh, I just don't think that fight would have gone another way otherwise. Like Pedro is going to get pressured by Frankie, and he's not going to be able to take Frankie down to implement his jujitsu. Um, the only thing that does scare me if Frankie does take him down, Pedro has got a nasty guillotine. He has a really good guillotine, um, and that could be a factor, but. I don't think Frankie. Uh, Frankie has really good sub defense, and I just, yeah, I just see it. Um, I just see it going Frankie's way every time. Um, I hope he can make one thirty-five successfully. We never really found that out because uh, he was scheduled to fight Corey Sanhagen, and then he uh, got called to fight the Korean Zombie. Cause what the fuck? But uh, hey, man, looking forward to this fight so much. Thank you for for sending it in. And now that's the real conclusion of the forum. Uh, you can send in your questions via voice on the Anchor app, which is always much appreciated. Um, download Anchor and search Fighting With Myself and click Message. It's pretty easy. Uh, Smokey J has a great tweet about it sometimes. He'd be like, how to do a voicey, which is a, so cute that he calls it that. And he's like, step one, download Anchor. Step two, search Fighting With Myself. Step three, hit Message. Record. Step four, take a fat bong rip. Obviously, step four is optional or something like that. It's so funny. Uh, but yeah, dude, um, fucking, you can send your questions that way. You can also record them on your own and send them to fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com. Uh, people have done that many a time. It's a very easy. There's no time limit that way. Um, you can also text me questions now, apparently, if you have my number, which like two of you do. Um, uh, actually more, uh, less than five, mm, less than 10. Anyway, um, don't feel bad if you don't have it. I'm a little weird. But uh, that's it. You can also, the Twitter forum I do usually the day before I record. I'll put out the tweet and search for it there. That way you can see it's on my pinned tweet. And that's it. So let's now put that to bed. And we're going to focus on the fight night card on May 30th. And let's get it. So the UFC is throwing another fight night card that's sort of last minute, coupled together. Uh, It's going down next Saturday, May 30th. 
And at the moment, location is TBD. Now, is there a good chance these fights happen in Jacksonville? Maybe. He also said if he couldn't get it done in Vegas where he wants to, this he being Dana, that they're going to uh, host these in Arizona. They're going to have these fights in Arizona. But hey, man, got a quick question. So the fight is on May 30th. And the hearing for the Nevada State Athletic Commission to decide whether or not they want to have this fight is May 27th. Hey, you need more than three days to get your shit together to host fights during a pandemic. It needs to be a whole week-long process. You know that from the first few fights you did. So what the fuck, man? If these fights happen in Vegas, that shit is dangerous. I know it will be cool. I know people are going to be like, Stop being a hypocrite. You know you're going to watch. But I just think it deserves a little more talking points than it's being given currently. That said, the main card is pretty decent. And I think it's going to be another one of those where uh, it's kind of flying under the radar and people are going to fucking go after it because they haven't had a full camp and they're just going to go balls to the walls. And uh, I just think that's uh, that's what we're going to, we're going to get. So uh, these fights are good. They're really good. And... Um, the first fight on the main card is Hannah Cyphers versus Mackenzie Dern. Now, Hannah has had like a little bit of a weird run in the UFC. Um, her last fight, I think she she fought um, Angela Hill, and that was pretty one-sided in Angela's favor. But other than that, she's had some nice wins. And her striking is probably, I think it's pretty arguably, you know, or inarguably, pretty unanimously decided that it's better than Mackenzie Dern's. Mackenzie Dern uh, is is primarily a grappler, and her striking is just wild. That said, and it's sloppy, that's my point, but that said, the wildness, sometimes she catches people. Like she, I think she dropped Ashley Yoder with like a big overhand right, and that's because she's not afraid of getting taken down. She wants to get taken down, so she just goes in there and swings wildly and is like, hey, bitch, I don't give a fuck if you take me down. I think Mackenzie uh, Dern's not going to be able to get this fight to the ground. And that's why I'm picking Hannah Cyphers. It uh, just goes down to where I think the fight will take place. And if it takes place on the feet, highly favors Hannah Cyphers. Also, I want to hear another cute-ass post-fight interview where she's like really shy. And is like, um, I just want to give... <laughs> Anyways, um, good fight. You know what I mean? I want to hear one another one of those. She's so cute. Uh, so, uh, Hannah Cyphers for the win here. Also, Roosevelt Roberts, uh, I already said he's going to fucking beat the piss out of Brock Weaver. Uh, he probably is going to fucking beat him so bad that his, uh, uh, dogs are, are, are he's going to stop, you know, he's going to have a change of heart about the dog things. That's what I'm going to try to say. Um, wow, this episode is going to be canceled again, dude. I'm already canceled. Um, so yeah, Roosevelt Roberts is going to beat the shit out of Brock Weaver. And if you support Brock Weaver, uh, you're a terrible person. And if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I don't follow their personal lives. They um, they fight in a cage, uh, for goodness sake. Uh, I don't care what they do in their personal life. Hey, man, he's a dog beater. Think about that. Or he, he makes his dogs fight each other. Either way, it's fucking terrible. Terrible. Uh, so, yeah, Roosevelt Roberts for the win there. And then Kevin Holler versus Daniel Rodriguez is such a wild card fight because, again, I said it before, I'm not one of those guys that likes to, like, wait to do my picks based on how they look on the scale. I'm not going to be like, oh, uh, let me wait. But if you are, that's fine. I respect that. It's just not me. I like to just do it regardless. And I do have to think that's going to be a factor. But also I think him taking this fight on 14 days notice, 
after he just got a big win is going to give him a lot of confidence. Like he's just going to go in there fucking buck wild. And he's probably going to stop Daniel Rodriguez in like the second round. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the Coleman event, great fight. And by great fight, I mean it's a heavyweight fight. So it could not be a fight. I mean, it could not be a great fight. Blago Ivanov versus Augusto Sakai. And I was actually thinking about this. Um, when I was thinking about this fight, I was, I was remembering uh, the last time I saw Augusto Sakai fight. And that was on the Florida card, I believe. I was, I was listening to the Split Decision podcast. And uh, they had a whole banter about Augusto Sakai maybe being next for Greg Hardy or something like that. It was, it was like an interesting uh, debate that they had. But uh, that's it. I'm taking Blagoy Ivanov. Not really impressed with Augusto Sakai so far. And uh, Blagoy Ivanov fucking was stabbed in the heart and still lived. So I just think Blagoy's fucking... <laughs> I'm just remembering Wally's tweet about him being fat yoga. Which is so fucking disrespectful. But also so funny. Uh, and so was like doubling down on it in the comments. Uh, Blagoy Ivanov is going to get the win here. So... Um... Yeah, I feel pretty confident on that. Uh, and then Tyron Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. And here's the thing, dude. I said this already, but I'm going to double down on it again. There's a lot of there's a lot of Gilbert Burns dick riders on the timeline. And if you've been a dick... Uh, uh, I don't mind dick riding. Hey, I don't mind literal or figurative dick riding. That's fine. Do your thing. In fact, I, I prefer literal dick riding to figurative dick riding. But um, that's a different podcast. What I mean to say... Is that if you if you want to be a, a new Fairweather fan of Gilbert Burns, I have no problem with that. But I actively work against that because I can't get the image out of my head of him getting fucking knocked the fuck out by Dan Hooker. And has he had some amazing fights at welterweight so far? Yes. Has he fucking knocked the fuck out of Damian Maya, which was scary and hard to watch? Yes. But uh, Tyron Woodley has also had some scary fucking knockouts, like the Robbie Lawler knockout, or when he mauled Darren Till. Who a lot of you think is the GOAT, uh, mostly because you're from the UK or Ireland. But, bro, Tyron Woodley going to smash. Here's why. He's taking a year off, so he's fresh. And he's been training a lot. He had, he had a, basically a full camp for the Leon Edwards fight. He was in Thailand. And I know Gilbert Burns is like the king of short on his fights, but I got to think Woodley, this favors Woodley here. Um, I also think uh, Gilbert Burns is not going to be able to take him down. And he doesn't pose any problems for Woodley on the feet. Um, there's any, any problems. I mean, a guy that, uh, has knockout power, um, always is going to have that in the back of their mind, but Tyron Willie's more explosive. And, uh, I believe he's a better striker than Gilbert Burns. I just think he's better everywhere. I mean, Gilbert Burns probably is better jujitsu, but Tyron Willie is a black belt in his own right. And a better grappler probably because of the wrestling. So I gotta say my man T Wood is going to take this and, uh, he should walk out to his own song, even though it's terrible. It's good marketing. He just, he needs to do it. And, uh, like, maybe he should remix, like, In and Out of Love. Like, uh, falling in and out of camp, in and out of camp with fights. I don't know, that's so dumb. But uh, Tyron Woodley should pay me to write his uh, raps, and they would be better. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's uh, something you're not ready for. That thing on those, like, hard-to-swallow pill memes. You know what I mean? That people make those. The hard-to-swallow pill. A fucking hard-to-swallow pill is me being a better rapper than Tyron Woodley. I've got the fucking receipts, dude. <laughs> anyway, this is probably one of the craziest episodes I've ever done because I'm high as shit. And I've really shitty MMA takes that you love to hear and I love you for loving them. And I, 
and I want you to want me. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyways, uh, really from the bottom of my heart, thank you for anyone that listens uh, week by week. It really uh, is 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 really important to my mental health, and uh, I love each and every one of you. Um, text me if you have my number. Uh, again, don't feel bad if you don't have it, but text me if you have my number. And uh, because I'm off Twitter, and I want to hear from you guys. And uh, that's it, dude. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at fwm underscore pod. You can also um, email me at fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com if you're 65 and older. <laughs> Just kidding. It's a great way to receive the voice questions, by the way. It's a great way to receive them because you can send us an attachment. And there's no there's no limit. But uh, I'm just saying email is for 65-year-olds. Just kidding. Um, and uh, please please social distance and wash your hands. Uh, if, you, if you go out, wear a mask. It's just, it's it's so important. And um, we gotta, we got to all do our part to save lives. So be kinder to everybody. It's also important. It's important to not go crazy during this quarantine. And uh, if you are being crazy on the timeline, I'm might gonna fucking mute you. Just kidding. And here's the thing: I say these things, like I say these negative things about my Twitter. That's not to do with anyone that listens to this podcast. So if you're listening to this and you think it might be about you, it's not. I promise you, it is about other people. It's about pieces of shit that don't listen. <laughs> not that anyone doesn't listen to pieces of shit, but that's another story. Um, anyway, I've already sort of uh, said more than I should which is my brand. Also saying my brand is my brand. So uh, that's about it for me. Good night and good fights.